So this time I kind of want to start right off with the interesting stuff, <laughs> which is uh, last session at the very end, you guys all leveled up. So might as well start off this session by going over what you all gained. Uh, I have not actually looked at any of your sheets, really, uh, so I'm not sure my, my, myself. Um, but we can start with... I guess we can just go in order with what I see the images here. Uh, Sarah, what cool stuff did Gideon get for level 9? I don't know what Gideon I'm got. sorry, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the process of highlighting Gideon's token. <laughs> So I was looking at Gideon, and I was like, oh, there he is. We're making this it is... interesting. Sarah, Sarah built Gideon for level 9. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is this is a fun twist on yeah. character leveling, where we each leveled each other's characters. Yeah. I, I, level, I leveled I could... up Hursk, and then uh, Justin I could leveled play... up. I could play a campaign where you cycle who levels who. I like who. that. that I like that a lot. Fun. That would be really fun. fun. Especially if you had people like, no, like make it responsive to the story. Because then you get rid of that like meta gamer <laughs> kind of like building towards something. It's just like, oh yeah, no, I saw your character doing a lot of this. So here you go. And that could be kind of fun. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, so I took a fourth level in Dragon Disciple. Woot woot. So this level and... For anyone who checks out our social media, you would have already seen some of the stuff that I did because I posted Kieran's uh, character sheet last night. Um, but he gets another boost to strength. So his strength score is currently 20. Um, he... Um, I just drew a blank on what he gets. Uh, he did get fourth level spells. Um, I'm keeping those a secret for now. Um, I also did get to swap out a lower level spell, so I did get rid of Dark Vision because I have Dark Vision Communal now, but I'm not saying yet what spell I replaced it with. Um, and then at level nine, we get a feat, and I took Spell Penetration. Ooh, nice. So if I run into anybody with spell resistance, that will give me a nice little boost to overcome said spell resistance. How, how many if I can remember you, it. Yeah, how many bets that you still roll on that one? <laughs> oh, probably. Uh, I, I, yeah. You've certainly encountered spell resistance a fair few times. Yeah. Once for sure. This is up to you, but would would you be comfortable telling everyone what your current hit points are now? Oh, oh boy, it's juicy. My hit points, my hit point max is ninety two. Holy jump, Batman! What Which you, is 92? insanity. Yeah. What yeah. do you it's... get? What class feature or something do you get that pumps it up so much? A D12 hit dice. Yeah. I love how she you have all this it. massive strength and HP, and you're just like flying around out of everybody's way. Spell. Okay. Spell. You you have more. Rolled, you have. She more. rolled a uh, a. I believe I have. I I record all of the HP rolls wow. just in case. So she's taken four levels of Dragon Disciple, and her rolls have been five, ten, eleven, and ten. Oh, wow. Holy cow! You yeah. have more HP than Gideon. Yep. By yeah. a lot. By, yeah, like, yeah, but not like a small amount, by like 20 HP or more. Yeah, I mean, I also I also have toughness, so that boosts it uh, as well. That'll get I you wouldn't, nine. Yeah, I wouldn't normally have taken toughness, but it's a draconic sorcerer bonus feat, and there's a small list of feats to choose from, so I took that one since I knew he was going to be more of a martial character. 
Um, and I was telling Jason, you know, it's kind of funny because Dragon Disciple, they, you know, boost up the HP and such, but like sorcerers still don't have great AC because they can't wear armor. Um, but he did point out that, you know, I, I do have access to mirror image, blur, you know, eventually maybe displacement. So yeah, at the end of the day, it's still probably better than somebody that's wearing like full armor. Oh yeah. It works works out for sure. Um, that's really cool, man. I, I guess it's funny because you're, I would say that Kieran, when we first met him, was martially oriented, but definitely was still growing into that role still. So I'm excited to see. Normally you see the typical progression of like you start martial and then slow down or like Ranger, for example, Aiden was getting better at spell casting as he leveled up. Instead, the, the shift seems to be going the other way with this character's progression, which is kind of fun. Yeah. I'll say that I am very much a staunch person who likes to level retroactively so the things that I take I take based on how I've played the game so far and the challenges that my character has faced so like my second level spell plays very much into that Um, and I will say I did get an extra cantrip and I took open close so now I can open things and I can close them I think you meant uh, reactively not retroactively (laughs) Different. whatever yeah <laughs> i i level based on the past yeah it makes sense i like that kind of mentality yeah cool cool fun to see how that all plays out uh next up hersk what all did you and titan get this level anything cool yeah so we i actually had not done these and me and jason talked about them earlier uh technically i get teamwork feats from my beetle Whoa. and i hadn't actually put anything in any of those so we picked out a few of those, like a uh, coordinated shot. Nice. So whenever he's threatening an enemy that I shoot at, I'll be able to get a plus one bonus on it. Um, distracting charge, I'll get a plus two if he charges and is able to hit an enemy. Uh, and then friendly fire maneuvers, so no more soft cover to enemies for my um, beetle. Uh, as far as my feet for ninth level, just deep sight, so 120 feet of darkness vision. Um and then that was about it. Um, he didn't really get much else as far as class is concerned. He gets one extra spell, and I'm not going to hide it. We talked about it. Um, Long Strider, mm. Greater, is what I took um, to try and help with some of his, his movement issues. He's got stubby little legs, just like Oren did. And uh, he doesn't have those boots that Oren had, so he remains stubby little legs. Yep. And uh, did uh, Titan get anything? No. Are you? I think that's sure Jason that? saying Titan got something. <laughs> did he? What did I'm he get? The ninth ninth level uh, for animal companion, and there's ability score increase, oh. multi attack. Oh, oh. No. what? What? <laughs> what? This is what? when you get called on in he, class, he actually and you're like, knew oh, he was gonna make it a surprise. Oh my gosh! No. <laughs> Oh gosh, I see that now. Oh my, he gets yeah, he gets quite a bit of stuff. Uh, yeah, so he gets an ability score increase, uh, which I haven't picked what it's going to go into quite yet. Um, thinking probably Dex, maybe I don't know. Um, Dex or Con, um, probably Dex. And then uh, he did get some. Oh, his hit dice went up too. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's how his um, HP went to. Oh yeah. Yep. He gets a natural armor bonus, so he's going to be more tanky. 
and he gets uh, another strength and dex bonus. So actually, he gets a lot. He gets a and, lot better. Well, <laughs> and, the, and the big thing here is multi-attack. An animal companion gains multi-attack as a bonus feat if it has three or more natural attacks. If it does not have the requisite three or more natural attacks, it gains a second attack with its primary natural attack at a minus five penalty. So it basically gets an iterative with his bite. Nice. Ooh, okay. he gonna be chomping. Um, um. Yeah, so he does get quite a bit then. I can tell that I didn't look at the animal companions level up stuff. That was a, that was a trick Kind question. of finished first. Well, yeah, you I know, didn't... he's going to be very important to things that are coming up, you know. Oh, yeah, these, these yeah. verbal duels are going to hinge yeah. on Titan. Yeah, Titan's <laughs> very critical to the verbal duel. Well, that's why I took anthropomorphic anthro... <laughs> uh, anthropomorphic... Nope. Nope. <laughs> yes, we'll never know. Yep, thank you. Yep. yep. Animals so that uh, basically Titan can get involved in the verbal duel. You weren't expecting that, Jason, but it's happening. <laughs> He's in on it. Miss Christmas hires than Hersk. <laughs> the beetle with no skills. <laughs> yeah, with zero skills. He's just like in on it. Glittering in the back. Yeah, his mandibles are like... <laughs> it's more you have, to allow, you have to allow for an intimidate check, though. Like, tell me a human would not be intimidated by a bipedal giant beetle. That can you that has arms that has humanoid arms <laughs> like come on yeah bipedal beetle bipedal beetle bipedal beetle bipedal beetle yeah so Bye. I'm gonna go work on Titan now I'll be back shortly <laughs> yeah while he's doing that moving on to Gideon what's uh what cool non broken stuff did you get at this level <laughs> uh, that's a jab because I was going to take fortified armor trading before obviously like a good player I checked in with my DM and I was like wait a minute is this actually broken and we determined yes very much so for a lot of reasons uh being able long story short that feat lets you negate a crit by giving a shield or armor the broken condition which could then thereafter be very easily fixed with mending or make whole to which means at minimum once or twice per combat, if not more, should you have extra bucklers lying around, you could just not ever have to take crit damage. So we said, let's not. And we agreed that that was the right solution. Instead, I chose armor focus, which uh, still has, uh, I think, an equal amount of flavor for, for Gideon's character. Um, and instead will increase his AC by one, which I think is really good. Uh, I picked up a 4th level spell. My spell knowns increases by 1, uses per day increases by 1. Uh, and I pick kind of a, a staple, uh, Deadly Juggernaut, um, which I think is fun. It, Necromancy Death. Ooh, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's scary. Well, the, I, I have a, a, a tendency to appreciate spells that have like that are really limited so like if it's a ranger only spell i consider it a little bit stronger if i'm playing a ranger or cleric only this one isn't so limited but it, it does have a small list with the paladin anti-paladin cleric and inquisitor and since Imdora pulls from both the inquisitor and the cleric i thought it was a good pick that you couldn't take with just any old character so i liked that um and then as far as he took a second level and exalted so BAB and all that stuff just went up by one, and he got Vitality, which increases his Fortitude saves. So kind of, to be honest, a little bit of a boring level for me. Um, the next one's going to be a, a lot bigger, and the one after that, and the one after that. 
Um, but until then, it takes a little while for, I mean, Sarah had this when she had the Dragon Disciple. It takes a little while once you begin multi-classing or prestige classing for it to kick online. And uh, Gideon was late into his prestige class, so we're still getting through some of those tax levels. Yeah, yeah. But still, that uh, Deadly Juggernaut, that's a pretty neat looking spell. I just read through it, so... Uh... Yeah, we'll see, pretty, we'll see how that how that plays out. Yeah, it's pretty cool, pretty good. Okay, and finally we have Jessup. What nifty things does Zebard get? Um, so I got a new performance. So now I have Inspire Greatness. So that's cool. For a feat, I took Omnipresent Mentor, um, which kind of goes off of the Inspiring Mentor. So that one, um, basically, I can spend four rounds of my bardic performance to give somebody my Inspire Competence plus three bonus to a skill I have a rank in for 24 hours, basically until I rest. And there's no range limit, which is cool. So unlike the other ones where it's within like a 30-foot range, this one has a lot more flexibility at the cost of some bardic performances. And then I just got an extra level three spell, um, some spell slots, and then I took favorite class bonus for another level two spell. So I did whisper the GM those spells, but I shall keep them secret too, because I want to be cool. Am I not cool for letting you know what Gideon's going to do? <laughs> Nobody asked you. Nope. Super yeah. lame. Well, all of that is very exciting. Uh, I feel like this is a fairly substantial buff in power for uh, most of you, if not all of you. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that will play out. Um, unfortunately, oh. these these next uh, encounters probably won't have too much combat involved unless things go very poorly. I did forget one cool thing. I put another um, skill rank in linguistics, and so deciding what I should take, I have been over the past few days been learning from my mentor, Nimitz. So I now speak gnome. Oh, interesting. <laughs> to throw that out there, just because. Yeah, okay. I still think, I, I have another character in our Rise of the Runelord game that I just, I let him learn languages whenever I feel like it. Oh, I give, I give Jessup one every level, but every yeah. level I took a, uh, took a language, I felt like it was part of the game. I told Sarah, so the first level, I since he joined the party, I had him learn uh, Draconic. So I had Kieran teach Jessup Draconic as being in the party, then because we encountered the, the trolls and a bunch of other ones, I had him learn giant. And then now because we have a gnome that we've been with, I've had him learn gnomish. So trying you can to try to justify that as much justify. as you like. But, um, as oh no, he just pulls it out of learn a language, even six months in an intensive course learning Spanish. I'm still gonna <laughs> need a little bit more time before I'd consider myself. Dude, they, dude, they have, when you take the, you know, the real life Rosetta stone with magic, you can learn a language in like one day. I look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the justification is that since bards have such high charisma, they just go into this new language with such like unwavering confidence that everybody just believes that they speak it perfectly. That must be how it is. <laughs> Jessup hopefully rolls so high diplomacy that he let he makes others think that they don't know how to speak their own language, right? It's like, oh, that's an interesting accent. I didn't understand a word you said, but it must have been okay. Uh, that's random, but it reminds me of that comic. I think, did you guys send it where it's like, I wonder if D&D characters are actually like real bilingual people. And just forget the words for mundane objects because they speak two or three languages and then say something terrible in Draconic and accidentally do a command word for a spell. I'm like, that's probably what happened. 
but be a good reason to fear adventurers. Okay, well, now that we've all familiarized each other with the uh, cool stuff you have, we can now jump back into the uh, story here. And we left off with you guys pretty much spending the night at Ridgeline. And then in the morning, you were going to decide the next course of action in regards to the Hobgoblin prisoner over there in the gibbet. And uh, Josh, you had uh, wanted to do a uh, another um, commune uh, yes. that night. You sent me a bunch of questions. Um, so uh, you can go through and just read them off one by one, and I'll just give you quick answers if you so like. Yeah, we can do it that way. Uh, he opens his prayers uh, to those who will, uh, who will the best for me. Shaylin, he asks his first two questions. Can you see Marzan's inner beauty? No. Can Marzan be redeemed? Unclear. To Iomide, should Marzan be killed? Unclear. Should Marzan be let free? No. <laughs> to Milani, should Marzan be killed? No. Should Marzan be let free? Unclear. Should Marzan be taken as a prisoner to Long Shadow? Yes. Should we go straight to Long Shadow first? Yes. Okay, that's it. See my heart, guide my hands, and direct my steps towards righteousness, one step at a time. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, so you commune with the various gods for guidance on your predicament, and then you all rest and recover your hit points. I don't know if you already did that or not. Um, but the night goes by without much issue. Uh, this is a fairly defensible position anyways. Uh, and so the morning comes the next day. You now have, uh, starting today, 11 days left before the attack on Long Shadow. What do you do? Uh, it's the morning? Yes. I heal myself from a night of rest. <laughs> I mean, if you had any rounds of s stuff or spell slots left, you guys yeah. could have easily healed up. Um, you have like three healers in the party, so as long as anybody had any spells, I'm sure you are all. Fine. We can make it to 72 out of 72. We oh, can so we could be full HP. Assuming you guys weren't all empty on spell slots. I. I was very close. I was. <laughs> I believe I had one level two slot left, and that was it. To which I had to expend for a level one spell. <laughs> or level two, I guess I could have done the cure moderate. Um, at some point, Kieran wants to catch Gideon alone, away from oh. the rest of the group. Okay. Uh, okay. During that the morning, night, morning can, during the night, yeah. you can slowly drag his bedroll away from the others <laughs> and wake him up. Uh, you could do that, or, or in the morning, uh, you could probably catch Gideon while he's 
As always, he begins with his deific obedience, where he prepares herbal tea with rose petals, so you could catch him at any point between then. He'll be looking to engage in conversation in the morning. <laughs> he, he actually is like, hey, I'm going to go for a six-mile run. Do you want to, you know, come run with me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, he doesn't say that. Um, good, though. He, <laughs> uh, he, so Garen does, he wakes up early, and he goes through his morning workout, completely shirtless, of course. Yeah. And um, after he's... Ad. Yeah, washboard abs. I mean, now he's got a 20 strength, so he's like, he's jacked biceps. Like, he's, he's been pushing for gains. He's stronger than Gideon. <laughs> he's a good looking dude, okay? I'm not going to lie. What does I'm... strength have to do with his appearance? Yeah, he's go ahead. He just have a high charisma. charisma. He wow. is a yeah. good looking dude, okay? Let's let's see. Let's see this picture. And so does Jessup. I think Jessup's beyond his prime, <laughs> Jessup, though. Can we, can we blow up this supposed looking guy? <laughs> when Karen walks over, it's like slow motion, and he just like whips his head and his hair just flies. Like any Final Fantasy character. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I gotta, I've never I played gotta... Final Fantasy. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He is definitely people. Final Fantasy character. This is oh, kind yeah. of ridiculous, though, too, when you consider the soap opera-ness of Gideon's appearance. <laughs> I'll go ahead and uh, get that for everyone else. Gideon around. turns, and then Kieran's all sweaty from his workout, and then your armor shines light, and he glistens. Dazzles. <laughs> Gideon dazzles himself off of It's just a dazzle of light as his washboard abs twinkle in the spark light as Gideon's armor glints in the morning, dude. <laughs> okay. Anyway, now that I completely ruined the mood, um, so Kieran would try to pull Gideon aside, um, and he, you know, I don't know if Gideon's sitting or standing or what he's doing, but he'll be silent for a few seconds. And he's looking at the ground when he says, My father was known for having a very short temper. He would often act irrationally and with great anger. I will not be my father. I regret none of the words that I said to you yesterday, but I do apologize for how I said them. Gideon takes a deep breath. I too acted irrationally, a lapse of judgment. He looks you dead in the eyes. Your words, I believe, carried weight. I reflected on these things through the night. Do not concern yourself with the tone in which you convey them. Your wrath, anger, or what have you, will not sway how I interpret your words. So, if you do slip in your father's ways, rest assured that I know your heart. I appreciate that, and I will do better. I appreciate that, and I will do better. And he hands you tea. He'll nod and walk away in slow motion. 
Like, like Kieran's just walking her way in slow motion. In yeah, slow actually, motion. Yeah, everything else is going normal to me. Kieran's just going in. Yeah. As yeah. one beautiful man to another, I understand. It's very, um, it's very, uh, like Gilgamesh and Enkidu, almost. Just kind of like, yeah. yo, yeah. you've got those manly muscles. You've got manly muscles, too. Yes. Mutual respect. <laughs> Or uh, FMA, they had that too. Formal Alchemist, the two guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kieran will take his tea, and he'll go down and sit. You know, I don't know if we have a campfire or anything that we've started for the morning to prepare breakfast. But he will sit down, um, legs crossed, and he'll have his glaive across his lap, and he'll have the the cup of tea set beside him that he'll sip periodically, and then he will take his. A whetstone and just spend the morning sharpening the edge of his glaive. Okay. You'll get a plus one on your first attack if it's not a plus one enhanced weapon already. It is. <laughs> I you also know. did that with Mary and always forgot. <laughs> okay. Anybody else doing anything special in that morning preparation? Um, Gideon will just tell Marzan what he's gonna do, which is... You're going to Long Shadow. <laughs> okay. So listen to Milani. Yeah, you go up to Marzan and you maybe say, he's like, oh, I've decided we won't kill you. We're going to get you out of yeah. here. And he's like, oh, that's a good one. I, I really like that. He's like, you're going to Long Shadow. He's like, oh. <laughs> Man. <laughs> this is worse. <laughs> um, but and I mean, we've up. we've decided, you know, Hursk has manacles for some reason, so... I've got manacles, let's do this. I don't know why. I am anti-slavery, but I carry around some manacles of the masterwork variety, nonetheless. It's just so he can chain up and uh, his uh, bipedal beetle. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Titan, much like a lycanthrope, gets out of control. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he handcuffs him to a tree. For some reason, Hurst has manacles. No one knows why. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't like me. slavery, but desperate he, times. Okay, I don't judge me. But he also has ten feet of chain, <laughs> and good luck, and some masterwork manacles. I don't. I, uh, you're I going all in on this. I, can I don't know why. Thing. I don't remember why. I don't want to lose our clean tag, but there's an obvious joke here. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. Hersk is into some stuff. He's into stuff. We all know what that's for. I don't so, get it. Know. What do you mean? Use your imagination. <laughs> why did I buy those? I don't remember. You know why. Don't act innocent. Apparently, you started Hersk. <laughs> with a different mindset than what he's turned out to have. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you convey your decision to Marzan and uh, can whip out all the slavery gear and wrap them up. <laughs> wow, that's pointed. <laughs> Prisoners um, are not the same as slaves. Yeah, I think the I think the escape artist check for masterwork manacles is something like 25. And. Pathfinder. Whoa. We can hog tie him and carry him if we have to. And his a, escape uh, artist off. bonus is not that. Nice. So plus two. 
so that's not happening. So you can be reasonably assured that he is not easily going to get out of those uh, restraints. And uh, you said we have I'm, ten foot of chain. I'm just yeah. I mean, you could use these. I uh, don't even remember where I found. I think I found them. Um, anyway, you could use them, but uh, I'm 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 gonna need those those back uh, at um, some point. Just just throwing that out there. I don't mind us using them, but I'm gonna need those. I promise, Hersk, I will return everything that I borrow. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay. You have my word. Okay. Oh, and good. he will use them, and obviously, I. This really doesn't sit well with Gideon, um, but he will, you know, attach the manacles and carry Mars on by the chain. Uh, it's just, uh, I hate, I hate it, I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to walk; he's time the Titans back. Is it is chain. it is it obvious that Gideon doesn't like this idea? Uh, it's obvious that he's uncomfortable with the idea of chaining someone, yeah. So, jokingly, Jessup will just kind of get up and look once you start dragging him, and he's just like, Gideon, we don't do that here. What do you mean? Flavory. Gideon. I understand your tone, Jessup. And as he's finishing tying up, you know, doing Did the you thing. roll a sense motive? <laughs> But I am doing what I feel is right, as much as it pains me to <laughs> another man in chain. <laughs> All right, fine. I don't think you can beat it. I don't think you can beat that. <laughs> you think Jessup's a hundred percent serious? That's a no. thirty-five bluff. No, Just no, then, then Gideon releases him and he runs off, and it's like, no, yeah, I, 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 I believe that even on a nat twenty, a twenty-eight will not help. So There's I five manacles. I think as soon as like Gideon leads on to believe like he's thinking Jessup serious steps will be like I'm just kidding. Oh. Well. Just just trying to lighten the mood from yesterday. Today is a new day. And we gotta get to Long Shadow. Like day. yesterday. Yes, yeah, well, as it is obvious, Jessup it does pain me to put another in chains, but I believe I am doing what is right. So Well, just think. You could have left him for dead or executed him, so you're kind of doing him a favor. It may not be the best favor, but there are worse alternatives. We will see what the folks in Long Shadow have to say. Okay. So after all of this is around, do you guys make a begin your trek to Long Shadow right away? Then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how? Are you uh, divvying up the hundreds of pounds of gold in that chest? We're having the survivors carry them for us. Okay, you're putting it on the backs of the survivors? Yeah. Well, or however they... I mean, if their lift overhead's good, I suppose that would work as well. What was the... So how uh, much totals... What was the total weight of all the things worth carrying that we So there in? was 15,000 gold, which... If you're assuming it's just gold pieces and not a smattering of copper and silver, it would still be 300 pounds, okay. plus all of the jewelry, the chest itself, etc. So you're looking at probably 500 pounds of stuff. Um, I don't know what Titan's... I know Titan can carry a lot, but I don't know if he can carry that much without reducing his speed significantly. Um, he can carry... What's his load? His light load is up to 400 pounds. Okay. Okay. Kieran can carry ninety-three point six pounds and still be at a light load. 
So if you put the majority of it on Titan's back and kind of strap it to him and then divvy up the rest, you could probably manage. Yeah, and we have some room in the haversack too, so... Yeah, Jessup could rearrange stuff his... Because um, I think you have to go beyond me- medium load to affect your speed, don't you? Yes, once you hit medium and then heavy, both of those will adversely, yes. I believe, affect your speed. So, Marzan's carry capacity. Yeah, medium load for Jessup's 266, and I'm at 111, so I mean, I could theoretically carry about another 150 and be fine. Marzan we... has a... Did we, um, but six, like minus how much for uh, being a manacles? Manacles. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just tie it to his belt. Did we successfully uh, identify all of the items? I we believe, believe we so. Yes. Yes. So we I did. have marked on my sheet three rings, three coat co- cloaks, and uncut gems. You have those written down somewhere, and I can remove them. Yes, I have them. I have three cloaks of elven kind. Yep. Um. Three or two rings of protection because and Jessup took gems. One. Correct. And then the gems. Yep. Oh, so I've got those on the party inventory. Huh? I don't know. Can do I have you? a ring of protection? Can I? I said. I mean, you have two of them. Yeah. If you want one, she you can already wear a platinum ring. Deflection one wing. Yeah, we can sell it later. Skyrim rules. Because he'll have <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that will overlap with that but if he doesn't have something cast that's just a nice buff yeah. ew who would want a used ring gross yeah, who'd want used manacles yeah uh yeah you can reduce that in the party inventory and then you can take it and put it on your character yep i've got Okey it okay. Thanks to y'all. so we have already that's determined that long shadow is 32 miles away from you give or take and one day overland at your speed, your average party speed, is 16 miles. So it would take you two days to get there. Now, I've done a little bit of research, and by a little bit of research, I mean I posted something on Reddit about three hours ago, and I have basically come to the following determination. The rules for hustling are that you can hustle for one hour, And hustling doubles your speed, your movement speed. So you can hustle for one hour without any adverse effects. If you hustle for a second hour between rests, you take one point of non-lethal damage, and anybody who takes non-lethal damage becomes fatigued. Every hour thereafter, you take non-lethal damage that is twice the previous hour. So a third hour of hustling would be an additional two non-lethal damage, and then you would be exhausted because any time a fatigued character takes an action that would make them fatigued, they instead become exhausted, so on and so forth. However, in the hustling rules, it also says eliminating the non-lethal damage also eliminates the fatigue. This was the point of the Reddit post. I was curious, if you had a cleric with channel or somebody with just a lot of cure light wounds, could you just every hour heal up everybody of the non-lethal damage get rid of the fatigue, and then just keep hustling. And the general consensus was probably. Yeah. I would say probably would have been my tentative answer. Like, yes, I was like, you could, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple moments where people brought up things that seemed kind of weird. Like, if you have fast healing, that just means you can just essentially never be fatigued from hustling. But in that line basically says that if you heal the non-lethal damage you also heal the fatigue uh 
So, one option that you guys do have is that you could try to hustle to Long Shadow. You would have to hustle eight hours to get there in one day, or you could hustle as many hours as you could reasonably get to, and then the next morning also hustle that many hours and get there early morning tomorrow rather than late evening tomorrow. So I wanted to bring that up, uh, just so you're aware, non-lethal damage normally heals at a rate of one per hour. So if you took an eight-hour rest at the end of the day, you'd already be regaining eight of that non-lethal damage. And the way that the math works out is, you know, the second hour hustle is one damage, third hour is two damage, fourth hour is four damage, eight, sixteen. You don't start taking like 32 non-lethal damage until the seventh hour. And even with all of the people that you have with you, if you can continue to heal them up, they aren't going to just die from non-lethal damage until the seventh hour. They can take 16 non-lethal before they just die. But 32 would technically double their hit points by quite a margin. So I wanted to bring that to your attention, and then you guys can just tell me how you want to proceed towards Long Shadow. Um, but you said if you take any non-lethal damage, you become fatigued. So you still have to heal or expend healing spells every eight hours. You would have to, you know, you would have to heal every hour, That's because every hour. because after so first hour of hustling, you're all good. Second hour, you're now fatigued. You have to heal that one point of damage. Easy. Second hour, you now have two points of damage. You have to heal it, or you're because you're fatigued again. And then third hour, you have to heal it again because you're fatigued again. If you ever go two consecutive hours, you'd become exhausted, and that's much more difficult. So every hour, you'd have to heal the non-lethal damage you gained. But it's just up to how many resources do you want to expend and how fast do you want to get there? So how many hours does it take to get there? Or, I guess... It will take you two full days if you do not hustle at all. Because a full day of travel without hustling is 16 miles and it is 32 miles away. So it'll take you two full days and you'll get there late evening on that second We want to cut the time and we'll fight what we have to when we get to it, I think, is, is my base inclination. Yeah, I don't think... Um, yeah, Jessup doesn't have any mass healing to be able to help with that, so... I do. I've got seven uses of the invocation, which you can give fast healing to for seven, up to seven minutes. So if every hour he just gives that, that'll help everyone else seven times. And then Gideon will just have to... Lay on hands himself. Divine touch himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He has to divinely touch himself seven times. <laughs> so... Yeah, it, it, it essentially depends on how many resources do you want to expend. Um, so I guess we can... <laughs> Pathfinder out of context. I think we can leave this up to what you guys think. I, I'm fine expending the resources. It will take all of my invocations, all of my... Well, I probably would just use seven uses of the... Well, I would use Divine Touch as some combination with the wands. Um, well, Jessup could also slap you with some uh, level one healing too. Yeah. So if we just do that, I'm I'm fine with it. Um, do you want to? Are we roll like? I mean, if we run into danger too, I feel like we'll just fight it and then pick up from there, and hopefully not run into danger again. Okay. Um, only problem is Marzan. Is he gonna <laughs> significantly slow us down? Um, there's not a whole lot that he can really do about it. Because you can, 
you could have the other six people just kind of pull him along and it doesn't matter how strong he is six people is kind of a lot to yeah, try to really fight against to... yeah okay okay so the plan is to basically hustle until it's not feasible to do so anymore I guess yeah I think so is that okay. the consensus Kieran and Hersk yeah yep okay. hustle till we can't so in that case first hour goes by just fine second hour okay. Gideon can use his invocation so mark off one minute and okay. everybody can be fine and then you'll need either one cure late wounds or lay on hands you only have one yeah. point in non-lethal damage but invocation doesn't help uh, me does Correct. fatigue affect my speed uh, no but if you become exhausted it very much affects your speed so remember because you uh, got exhausted with the berry picking Yep, and so I can't like delay an hour before I cast a healing spell because that would suck. No, if you get yourself exhausted, it's it becomes significantly more difficult to deal with it. Okay, um, I will. I'll save the wand and just use a, a level one cure light wounds. Okay. The next hour goes by. You can expend another use of invocation to heal the two points of non-lethal damage that everyone takes. And we've got a whole group of people with us. The, yeah, you the have Nibbits, you have six humans, Marzan, and then yourselves. Yeah, and invocation I think should be fine because it says allies within 30 feet, so it doesn't specify... So okay. Marzan's an ally for the sake of uh, us traveling to Longshadow. Or he can just be dragged the whole way. No, Marzan, like, yeah, we go to heal him and he uh, tries to roll yeah. saves. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, Jessup will then use a Cure Light Wounds on Gideon for okay, hour yeah. two. So the next hour goes by. Everyone now takes four points of non-lethal damage. Still not enough for Invocation to really be a an issue. So another use of that can go by and you can he roll another so heal. Three total uses of Invocation and we're up to four. Um, you are on the fourth hours. hour. You yeah. have currently traveled 16 miles, so you have already covered what you would have covered in a full days of normal travel, and it's half the day. Okay. Yeah. So you're at four, so that that third use heals everybody up, and then you'll have one more cure light wounds that you'll have to expend, and then do you want to keep hustling? The next hour will be eight points of damage to everyone. That's the last hour we can hustle, right? Uh, you could. No, you could on. hustle a, a, a sixth hour. Everybody would take sixteen points of damage, which means the humans would go unconscious. But you could just heal them up again, so it should well, be fine. Yeah, <laughs> We're against it. slavery, but this is totally yeah. okay. Well, in, in theory, <laughs> though, an invocation <laughs> would give them. Aaron, we don't do that here. Jessup has a whip. <laughs> Jessup has yeah. a whip. He's behind him. <laughs> I would, ass would assume that the fast healing would heal at a rate of it rejuvenates them like a second wind as they keep running. Kind of uh, the Well, the thing is is that it would take several rounds to do and hustling is over an hour, so you have to stop, do the invocation, and then you can hustle for another hour, sort of a thing. Right. right. So it's just that once you stop, some of them would just kind of pass out from exhaustion, and then you would just heal them back up, and they'd be like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Mental image aside, I think that we can continue doing this. Okay. Really, we're just expending resources okay. to keep moving as quick as possible. So, okay. who, did you want to heal yourself for hour three? Um, hour three, how much damage did I take? So, you took one, you healed that. Two, you healed that. Now you have four. 
Okay, so another instance of Cure Light Wounds okay. should, should do it. Yep. And um, then the next hour you'll take eight. Alright, so Jessa will do hour three. So okay. I did hours two and three for healing on you. Okay. So two Cure Light Wounds from Jessup and then two Cure Light Wounds from Gideon will do it for now. Yep. And then that final hour will be 16 points of non-lethal damage. Still enough for Invocation to heal everybody else, but you'll have to... You have 16 points now, which might take two Cure Light Wounds or a Cure Mod, depending on what you have. And so I've done how many instances of Invocation so far? Uh, four? This is the fifth. Okay, we're on the fifth. So we are uh, on the sixth yeah. hour. <laughs> I think Jessup would, um, for that other hour, uh, risk a Cure Mod. Okay. Okay. That does it. Exactly. 16 is exactly what you need. And you can nice. be reasonably certain that going any further would be dangerous to the other people around you uh, because 32 points of non-lethal damage would hit their hit points like double or triple, which technically would kill them. Right. The way non-lethal damage works. So for the last two hours, I imagine you can just move at a normal speed. Uh, so you got 6 times 4 is 24 plus two plus two so you got 28 miles in that one day how many hours of travel was that the full eight hours of the day oh okay so that's that's a pretty fast pace that's a really fast pace because i i think i've done well yeah you were basically jogging for six hours yeah i've done that uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's not. My point is, with the gear, is the only thing that makes that a beyond reasonable task. Otherwise, that's that's what joggers do. It's what runners do. It's what I've I've hiked longer than that in a day. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't. I also didn't have 150 pounds of gear on me, <laughs> uh, which is the big difference. Some of you have way more than 150 pounds. Right. Um, but do you so... have a 20 strength, Josh? Didn't think so. I didn't say. I, I didn't say. I, I, none of this. I, I was saying, it just seems appropriate for adventurers to be able to do something average while also having five hundred pounds of gear on them. <laughs> and how many dragons okay. have you fought in your average life, too? Oh, right, right. Have you fallen off an eighty-foot cliff? I didn't just, so. I just trying to add realism to the game. I'm done. I'm over it. So, <laughs> as you guys, he's got a bipedal beetle. There's nothing. <laughs> realistic about that as you guys make camp for that first night of travel like I said you got 28 miles I think so you're actually only 4 miles away from Longshadow we Let can't just... continue at a normal pace to get there uh, that would be getting into forced march uh, and that would be uh, much more difficult for the people with you given with the, the... whip <laughs> but you do know march? you do know that in the next morning if you hustle for just that one hour, you'll get there in that one hour. So, so you could get... So okay. if you got up at 8 o'clock um, and then traveled for an hour, you'd get to Longshadow by like 9 o'clock the next morning. So Hurst wants to talk to the group before that, though. Okay. Like during the camp. Let me just... A little bit. Let me just roll a D100. See if we had a random encounter along the way. Interesting result. Proceed with your role playing. <laughs> Proceed. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Proceed with your role playing. Get your you encounter have... scheduled. That's yeah. fine. You have your um, permission. You have my permission. Yeah. Okay. Which creature from oh. the Starbucks is going to be? He looks like the bestiary <laughs> real quick about what he wants right. to. 
Let's run this encounter. That looks good. Uh, can you yeah, place fun. yourselves on this other conveniently <laughs> camped map here? Yeah. Are you guys done role-playing yet? Can we fight monsters now? You guys all get around to camp, and Hurst, you're preparing to talk to somebody. I need everyone to roll a perception check. Oh, Yay! Could be nothing, Jason. Jason just be like, who do the damn Okay, so we got a 32 for Hursk, 15 for Kieran, 27 for Gideon, and 17 for Jessup. I do have to say, real quick, I got really excited because I, I, Hursk and my perceptions came up at the same time. And I was like, whoa, 32. But then yeah. I remembered that I have a plus five, so that's impossible. <laughs> Never tell me the odds. <laughs> Never tell okay. me the odds. So, with a 27 and a 32, um, only Hursk and Gideon can hear uh, as you guys are setting up tents and whatnot and getting everything around. You hear what seems to be a, a scream from behind one of the tents, about 30 feet from you. Well, are we all together? Yeah. You're all together, Gideon. but one of the. Somebody is elsewhere um Gideon will get the attention of the group uh, something's wrong over, over there and uh, he'll start walk running over that way okay oh that's forced march Gideon <laughs> he'll hustle <laughs> he'll you, spend you run over there instantly becoming exhausted and just as you get there you 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 get to this tent where you heard the noise and you kind of like flip open and look inside there's nobody there you kind of walk around to behind the tent and you see uh, the one of the human prisoners that you had freed and brought with you. Oh, uh, I was like, wait, we have human prisoners? <laughs> no. One of the liberated human, human prisoners okay. uh, is uh, kind of collapsed on the ground. Uh, and as you get around, uh, it's, a, it's a woman. She looks up at you and she says, oh, thank goodness. I, I thought it was going to get me, and she points, and there's a, a snake about ten feet away. It's like a normal sized snake. It's slithering. Like it's slithering away. Cool. It's about three feet oh. long. Cool. Hursk, tame it. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> clearly do a wild empathy check. Is this person okay? Uh, roll a, a heal check. What if I don't have rags and heal? Uh, then all you can tell is that they're not dead. <laughs> you can roll heal untrained. Yeah, you can roll it untrained, but are they dead? Nope. <laughs> with a two, you at least know that. With a two, they might be. Um, but they're on the verge of dying. <laughs> Hersk, uh, roll me a knowledge nature as well, Hersk. I'm not sucking out the venom. Can I grab the snake as it runs off? Uh, you can try. So, uh, Gideon, you begin moving towards the snake. Hursk, you identify the snake. Even with a 13, you do identify the snake. This is a fairly common uh, animal known as a uh, venomous snake. It is... <laughs> this is the most absurd thing that's ever happened. <laughs> it is not a. It's usually. It, you would know. It's a common snake, no man. 
<laughs> it's like it's, not even like a rocket diamond back rattlesnake. It's just it's what it's called. Venomous. It's venomous. It's I mean, to it's, not well, it's, it's because it's oh. because they they throw all types of snakes in the venomous snake stat block. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure it could be any venomous snake. Use your imagination! Give us something, man! I don't know what snakes are venomous. Cobras are those? It's a black mamba. Uh, I don't know what that snakes. is. Uh, I don't know what that is. I just don't know what kind of snake you'd see in this particular area. Just is this like a, Pennsylvania a, area? Would it just be a rattlesnake? It's probably, probably a rattlesnake of sorts, I okay. imagine. Yeah. It looks like it is a rattlesnake. It does have a rattle, though. Uh, no. Let's just say it's a cotton mouth, okay? Okay, that, that uh, works too. Um, yeah, it is. It is some kind of venomous snake. Uh, you would know that it's it's a a particularly young variant of it. Uh, Gideon, I I wouldn't touch that snake. It uh, it's poisonous. Uh, did you get bitten by it? Talking to the woman. Yeah. No, no, but I, I thought I was going to. Oh. It was really close for a second. I came to pick up this basket, and it was just right next to it, and it freaked me out. Oh, well, you know, it, it's like the old saying, they're more afraid of you than you are of them. I, I think yeah, it's I all that. Well, I well. I'm particularly do not like snakes. I don't I don't know many people that, that do, but I, I think it'll be okay. Okay. If you could kill it or something, that'd be nice. Gideon uh, will display her warning. Necessary? Well, I mean, well, it, it might, it might get me in the night. It, it has my scent now. Gideon's trying to grab it. Does he? He it's wants to basically. It's gonna come back. Can you uh, grapple? It's helpful uh, blood. Can you grapple with the mutative creature? <laughs> he he just wants to get it in his hands. He's got armor on, so he's not worried about it. Like you can roll a grapple check, but it'll provoke. Fighting. I hope he gets poisoned <laughs> by this thing. Do he's, it! Okay, Do he's it! Got, he's got armor. How How is he going to pierce Dude, it jumps that? up into your eye slit. It's a you. snake. Not, he not a... is going full Steve Irwin on a three-foot yeah. snake. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. Like, like, leave the, the, the beauty over here. All right, uh, so I roll leave, a... leave the snake alone. I think you should commune CMB? first and see if you should do this. Yeah, you I roll CMB if you want to grab it. It'll it'll try to lunge out at you. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it bites onto your chain mail underneath your full plate because you have chain mail <laughs> underneath your full chain plate. Chain mail and full. Um, <laughs> this is ridiculous. There is no way a snake is gonna bite a man in full plate. It's hey, a natural twenty always hits. I was I was hoping okay. for a natural twenty. This is the problem with the rules. Wait, does the snake have to roll a will save or be dazzled for one? Yes, minute? it does. It, it is my enemy. Go ahead and roll me a will save. Why oh, is you it hate... your enemy? Why do you hate this? He doesn't hate it. He's just going to grab it. We haven't rolled initiative yet. What are you going to do with it once you have it? He's going to let it back into the woods. Uh, okay, so the He's new... To go to the woods! The new, D... the new DC is, is 16. Yeah. So it's it's, it's going to hustle back to uh, the... Um... Um, <laughs> yeah, so with a with a nineteen, you do beat its CMD of eleven. Um, and then he'll say, uh, don't, "Don't worry, ma'am. I will make sure that it is uh, taken care of." And he winks to Hersk as he walks out and just lets it into the grass. <laughs> Tries to bite you three more times. That's fine. 
None of them it has. Doesn't. <laughs> okay, and you just get right off. You have successfully beaten a challenge rating of one. <laughs> Woohoo! Let's <laughs> get in! If we were an XP leveling, we'd be level 10 now. Yeah, that'd do it. Uh, that was you now have time, entire. Hursk. Uh, you mentioned you wanted to catch up with everybody when you were making camp. Yeah, so, so Hursk goes back and he's like, uh, we're pretty close to Long Shadow. I thought maybe we might talk about what we can expect when we get there. Uh, maybe tell you a little bit about the city. I'm pretty familiar with it. Uh, Jessup, you're probably familiar with the city as well, but I, I thought this might be a good time for us to kind of go over the city and what we might expect when we get there. Uh, of course. Um, and he just takes a seat. I'm assuming we're like around a campfire. Yeah. Just sits at one of the logs or foldable yeah. chairs. So, um, uh, tell me then, what, what do you know of Long Shadow? So, uh, it's, uh, not a super old city, but it's been around for a little while now, and, uh, you know, it was founded by an adventurer. Um, I, I think what's most pertinent, though, is now that we know that there's a siege coming, that the history of the city and its defense is rather important, I think. Uh, it, uh, it, it has kind of a checkered past. It's not known for being super defensible against enemies. Um, mm. it, it, it has had some success in the last few years um but uh you know prior to that it would often surrender to Malthoon anytime Malthoon marched an army to its doors but it is but it is quite uh familiar with defending against you know the animals and such and the uh crazy creatures of the of the hollow hills uh but I, it might take some convincing to get them to formally defend themselves in a siege so if they just kind of opened their doors when Malthoon came knocking, how did they maintain their independence? Uh, they kind of wait till Malthoon left. Uh, it's often hard for Malthoon to field an army in this area, and uh, you know, eventually the the army would leave, and they'd become Nermathi again. Um, Very ranger-like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, but like I said, they, they, they've uh, they defended against, you know, countless monster attacks. Like, a band of ogres attacked the city, and they managed to defend with the help of some uh, uh, heroic people. So, you know, I, they may be open to, to you know, staging a, a defense against this, this attacking army. But like I said, we might just want to be prepared to, to have to convince them of what we're saying and to convince them to put up a fight. Um you know, I don't know how much experience they have with the Iron Fang, but, you know, they may not know that the Iron Fang doesn't show much mercy. Well, and not, <clears throat> well not just that, but um, as Jessup has explained to me, we need to make sure that Long Shadow does not fall. Should it do so, too many supplies and raw materials would go to the Legion. Yes, they uh, they're actually known not quite as well as Skelt, but they're they're pretty well known for their uh, manufacturing capability. They have a foundry and a lot of warehouses, and uh, so they're they're known for their production capabilities. So they that would be a huge loss to Nermathis if if they were to fall. Um, it would cause quite a quite a conundrum in the area if the Iron Fang Legion had control of Long Shadow. 
And that makes it a very lucrative location for the Iron Fang. Mm. They, uh, Hobgoblins take a lot of stock in engineering. So if this is already set up as a location for manufacture, then surprised they haven't tried to take it already. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, on the positive side, there should be a fair amount of supplies, weapons, things like that in the city for arming the people, but uh, I, I think our biggest our biggest hurdle is going to be convincing them to fight, I think. I see. We've got Jessup on our side. He can convince anyone. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I do uh, do real good at that. All the time. Every time. No failure. I don't know. You convinced me of lots of things all the time. You know, you convinced us to let Gideon in. You're very persuasive, <laughs> Jessup. Well, I will say there are rumors of, you know, Malthuni sympathizers in the city, so there's a possibility we might face that as well. Um, I just thought maybe you guys should know some of this stuff before before we arrive, that it may not be an open-armed welcome, and, and they may not take what we have to tell them uh, very well. The conflict with Morthun aside, I believe we can all recognize that Legion poses a greater threat. So hopefully they can see that too. If they've seen it. Okay. Stares at Marzan in the distance. Thinks about how he could use that to a leveraged advantage. Well, first and foremost, I think that we need to be honest with them about what they're about to face. I don't think that's stretching the truth or hiding the truth is going to do us any good. That's true. We'll need to be at the top of our game tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. And with that, you all finish setting up camp, taking watches. Again, nothing this night uh, gives you any, any issue. And it, especially this close to Long Shadow, uh, you think it's probably reasonably safe within a certain number of mile radius of the city that uh, most of the larger predators probably wouldn't be out here, but nonetheless uh, you get you have your watches and you don't see anything the next morning you wake up spend your beginning hour of the day from seven to eight o'clock or, or whatever uh, tearing down the camp preparing spells or doing any rituals doing everything that needs to be done and then that uh, next hour once you're ready you can hustle those last four hours to the city four hours four miles one hour four miles to the city and near the end of that time you do see in the distance the walls of long shadow begin to grow as you get closer and by the time you're within a couple hundred feet or so you can see for those of you who have not ever been to long shadow so for kieran and gideon and especially for you two, because I think both of you have profession soldier or, or some something along that line. You're kind of looking at these walls with kind of the idea of like siege and, and how well could these perform and yada yada. And you can see that 
probably in both of your prof actually roll profession soldier to see what how well you're able to 23 and 17 um, Gideon uh, you don't get as clear a picture of this as Kieran but you do get a, a sense of it but uh, Kieran especially you do see these walls as in your opinion a little bit pitiful um, even even with these walls you wouldn't put much stock in the defense they're formidable looking but they're also kind of weathered and crumbling in places it looks like they really haven't been upkept in maybe a decade or more which after talking with Hursk kind of makes sense because the last actual siege was like 30 years ago so they probably Material. haven't really felt the need to just regular maintenance. Material composition and height. What are we looking at? So the walls, I believe, are about 20 feet high. And okay. uh, I believe they are made out of stone. I are believe. we coming in from the north gate? You are coming in from the north gate, yes. So I will actually move you guys to the long shadow map. So you probably see a couple circles on the map there. Uh, I think those are all on the token layer for you to yeah. see. And yeah. um, so starting up all the way at the top, you guys are coming in from that north gate, which I have circled. Um, yeah, there's another token we can see. Another token? In the bottom right corner. Who are you? Oh, I just Who's I had a bunch of I, had a, I just had a bunch of tokens down there. I didn't know one of them was on the. It was for any time you guys met certain NPCs, I'd have them to blow up. I had most of them on the GM layer. I noticed one. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so you guys come in through the north gate, and uh, I will read a little bit about the north gate here if the I can north pull it gate. it's always the north gate it is always the north gate that is true at least we know about this one yeah yeah so the north gate is one of three gates uh guarding the entrance to long shadow uh the northern gate has seen the most violence uh monstrous creatures from the hollow hills repeatedly attempt to assault the town and each intrusion has met its end at this gate the most recent attack occurred 15 years ago when a band of well-organized ogres assaulted the walls with the support of magical equipment and unexpected tactics. The attack floundered due to the heroics of a group of Pathfinder Society agents taking a break from exploring the nearby Mindspin Mountains. In honor of their timely intervention, the northern gate of Longshadow is permanently emblazoned with the symbol of the Pathfinder Society, the glyph of the open road, signaling to traveling Pathfinders that they are welcome in the town. And you see that as you're a couple hundred feet away from the gate. Do you guys approach? Uh, welcome to Long Shadow, everyone. Uh, Jessup, you're probably pretty familiar, but uh, we're coming in through the north gate here. Uh, pretty famous for its uh, association with some, some Pathfinder fellows. Uh, we should probably go in and try and talk to the, well, the mayor or the sheriff first. We do have a prisoner in tow. Might want to go to the jail first. Yeah, I don't know if we really want to be seen walking around this guy for 
too long. Unless we put a bag over his head or something. But I guess he's not really wearing clothes otherwise. Oh, I suppose we he had one of uh, the cloaks of Evankind. Give him Just a bonus to stealth. <laughs> he, he, he does. He does. Have I think we gave him one because he. Oh, yeah, he, I guess he has a soldier's outfit that Gideon had yeah. like five changes of clothes or something. Yeah. It was his extra chainmail outfit, apparently. Yeah. So you guys approach the gate, and you see there's a a pair of guards just off to one side, kind of monitoring travel. And as you approach, they kind of call out to you and say, "Uh, what uh, what's your business here in uh, Longshadow?" They see you pulling a dude with the chains. He's like, "What?" Uh, What's going on? Oh, hello, fellas. So, Jessup, do I recognize these guys? Or do they recognize me? So you see the one guy, he has like a clipboard out and he's ready to put down information. And he's like asking you like what your business is and he's ready to check something off. And you you um, walk up and you say, oh, Jessup. And then he, he kind of looks up. Oh, uh... Right, I sorry, I didn't uh, didn't notice you there, Jessup. Uh, in that case, he kind of flips through the pages on the clipboard. He says, "In that case, I don't care about the rest of this. You're free to go." Thanks. Bring your stuff. On our way, boys. Yep, and they just let you on through. They don't. They kind of give you some quizzical looks, but they're just like, eh, eh, you know, Jessup, VIP. We know that guy. Yeah, it's a lot stuff, easier. You know. Ranger, just forget the clipboard. Ranger business. <laughs> Yeah. I had a couple Ranger. questions that they were going to ask. They were like, what's your business? And you're going to be like, oh, we're going to talk about the military. He's like, miscellaneous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> they were mostly Just... looking for trading or that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you guys are well, able to Gideon... enter the city without any issue as soon as Jessup kind of makes... Yeah, Gideon no... will make a comment about that, though. Um, I suppose that the honor of a ranger gets you far, though... It's fairly lax as far as controlling who comes in, in and out of the city. Is is that normal in Nirmathas? Um, I mean, when you're a Jess of Elfheim, yeah, that happens quite often. They usually uh -huh. roll out the red carpet. I didn't see it today. I see. That's it. Okay. So, yes, there are a number of places here that you could go. Uh, the closest circle you see right here that I'm pinging, that building right there, which is actually very close to the north gate that is actually the uh i believe town hall i don't think it has a special name or anything it's just the town hall um if you wanted to go to the jail first you could uh you're free to go there it is uh where which one is that there's the armory that's not where we want hunter's bureau that's not where we want I could have sworn that they had a jail. I'm sure they do. Yeah. It's just not one of the named buildings. It Near might... with us is known for keeping prisoners. Yeah. Um, it's off the, it's off the uh, dock. Oh, there jail. it is. There we go. I found it. It is actually this building over here. So it's not too far from the town hall, actually. I did not make a circle for that one. I can do that here and put that on that building. So yeah, so the jail is actually right there. Uh, did you want to go to the jail first, you said? Or was that just Probably. a... Just a... Something that was thrown out there? Probably. Okay. 
So you make your way towards the jail first and you get outside of the building and I'll read a little bit about the jail here. So Longshadow has its share of crime and thus maintains this jail, though it is rarely overflowing with prisoners. Many attribute the lawful nature of so many of the town's citizens to the effort of head sheriff Grenta Irontusk. Um, you, I think I have a token for her. For some reason, she is not one of the ones that I put on the GM layer for me to look through. That's not even the right one. Where is it? There we go. So, Grenta Irontusk looks like this. Oh, cool. So, she is... I actually have... It tells me what she is. Uh, just out-of-game stuff. Lawful, neutral, female, middle-aged, half-orc, brawler, five. So, that's kind of uh -oh. nice. nice. That's kind of uh, high, high level. Yeah. For it. Yeah. Uh, Jessup, you especially would know that uh, she was once a chaotic force in Long Shadow, eventually falling on hard time, hard times when a barroom brawl at the cannery, which is another building uh, further south of the this area, shattered her two prominent tusk teeth. The town pulled together to purchase a set of wrought iron inserts to replace her lost protrusions. From this, she learned to respect the law and her community. Ten years later, she took the position of sheriff with no opposition from even the most senior of militia and town guard members. So, you guys can make it to the jail, and uh, she is not the one who greets you there, but you do see uh, one of the town militia uh, behind a counter there, who kind of uh, looks up at you as you enter, and he takes note of the hobgoblin in chains, and he says, Oh, what uh, seems to be going on here? He didn't even look to Jessup. He assumes Jessup the Great, uh, Ranger, is the one to explain and smooth everything over. Oh, oh, hey there. Uh, actually, we uh, found a, a troublemaker on our path to Long Shadow, and uh, we need to speak with him. But uh, he is a, uh, a dubious one, so we kind of want to put him in a jail cell until we can figure out what to do with him. Dad, do you know where the sheriff is? Um, yeah, she's out making her rounds. Uh, she left this morning. She hasn't quite come back yet. Okay. Uh, she usually well, gets back at noonish or so. It takes a while, but. Alrighty. Well, we'll leave you with this gift, and then uh, when you see her, let her know that uh, Jessup was looking for. Her. All right. Uh, we have a. Well, he looks back at the uh, cells. Almost all of them are empty. He says, "I think we have space." Um, all right. Uh, he motions to two other militia guards. Says, "Put him in that one. It's fine." They put him in one of the random cells, lock it, and uh, the other humans probably along the way would have looked to you and said, do you need us for anything, or can we just kind of... We still have Nibbets? Yeah, Nibbets is there with you, the two dwarves, uh, not the two dwarves, the two miners, the dwarf and the, the man, and then the other six humans. So you've got, like, nine assorted people that are just kind of following you around, not sure if, like, you need them for something, or if they can kind of look um, for a place to stay uh you guys go nibbits um we might need your testimony for things do you mind following us around it'll be fun i do have a way with words certainly to do the, to the nine uh humans before they depart um 
I would humbly request that you stay in town, though. Your testimony might be valuable to us if, if needed to be called upon. They all nod, and, and they're, uh, the, the two miners, especially the, uh, the, the man, uh, Meslin Mordecai, he comes up and he says, Sure, yeah, anything you need. Um, we'll just be out looking for a place to stay, looking for an inn or something. Um, yeah, if you need anything, uh, just send somebody to one of the inns and you'll probably find us sooner or later. Gideon will give them. How many are there? So if you are keeping Nibbits with you for the time being, there are seven humans and one dwarf. Seven, seven humans, eight gold pieces should get them a week's stay pretty easily? Uh, it'll at least get them the night, uh, depending on what inn they have. It'll probably give them a couple days at minimum. He'll give them a, 15. Because a, a night stay at an inn sometimes is like five silver pieces. How much did we, how much gold did we get in total? Uh, I actually have sixteen. I have sixteen gold pieces you, right now. You only got fifteen thousand gold pieces. Okay. I have sixteen so, gold pieces in petty cash between copper, silver, and gold. So, literally, each of them can get two GP worth. Which, uh, getting to say, uh, use this to help find accommodations. And uh, I appreciate you staying in town. Uh, we'll summon you if necessary. Just so you know, staying in a common inn is five silver pieces. And then if you wanted to do things like a bath would be some copper on top of that. Meals would be some more copper or silver on top of that. But you're looking at probably a couple silver a night. Sure. So between two gold pieces a piece, yeah. they could they could. They'd have a couple large. days at the very least. <laughs> We're yeah. sitting on essentially millions of dollars worth of coin. But you can right. get twenty bucks. You can't just well, hand was, out money to homeless people, Sarah. <laughs> well, I was thinking about uh, you know, telling them before they leave, like, "Hey, yeah, if you uh, you guys stick around and uh, you help us when we need you, um, we got some uh, gold. We're gonna kind of divvy around, and we can kind of pay you for your services and to help get you back on your feet." Yep, they all they all nod. They're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll do what we what we can." Uh, just give us time to go through it. I know that each of you, most of you, are rebuilding lives for yourself. We will sure. do best by you. Yeah, I'm sure I know. some of it was taken from them, too. Yeah, yeah, most of it, actually. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, wow, we're definitely talking about keeping the money that was clearly stolen from them. It's not them specifically, but yeah. They're them. communities. Yeah, yeah they're, they're communities, which is why I think, at least in Gideon's mind, they're going to completely redistribute it pretty f yeah. fairly if not all to them but it's just a well matter of... uh, we can talk later Gideon yeah right yeah <laughs> right that's a that's a side combo so yeah so you keep Nibbits with you guys and the others go look for a, a place to stay and uh, where are you going now uh, going to the other conveniently red circles or at least find out what those are you want me to just tell you what they are or you go into them no you just we'll find tell out us what they are. yeah okay. you just tell us so yeah, I haven't I haven't marked every location. I just marked off the locations that you could conceivably go to. You want to just read points of interest, and then we'll make a decision from there. Yeah. So down here, this is the Canary or the Canary. I, I think it's the Canary. I'm How do you spell of, that? C A N A R Y. I think it's like the bird. That's my assumption. C A N A R Y. Yeah, the Canary. Uh, it is a highly regarded inn and tavern, so that is most likely where all of those people that you just let go will be headed. Um, okay. uh, it is one of the first structures to be con constructed in Long Shadow. Uh, a little fun fact about that, skipping ahead a little bit. Um, 
It has remained under the control of the family founder, uh, Jordish Redcliffe, for a long time. Uh, the current owner of the establishment, uh, I'm just going to put all these guys, whoops. I'm just going to put all these guys on the token layer. You don't know who any of these people are, but that's fine. Because uh, it makes it easier for me to blow them up so you can see them. The current estab the established owner of the canary is this lady here. Her name is, uh, I think it is, it's either Gestel or Gestel Ambrose. Uh, another behind the scenes, chaotic good female human expert three swashbuckler two. Uh, cool. She runs the the inn, having spent a brief stint as an adventurer in the Bloodsworn Vale, until she lost an eye in a run-in with a kobold cra crafted trap. So that is uh, the main inn. Um, you already know about the town hall, the jail, the north gate. Uh, moving on to this building here, that is the foragers, alchemicals, and em uh, and emporium. Um, Foragers, alchemical, alchemicals, and emporium. I can actually copy paste that for you there. That's what it's called. This is a particularly noteworthy establishment because a family of rat folk runs the joint operation uh... of alchemical crafting and junk foraging here. Um, they arrived after the tumult of Malthun secession from Cheliax and several generations have uh, basically taken enclave within the town and run this little uh little spot here they they reclaim various abandoned mines and search for little trinkets and stuff and then re resell them at their little shop there um the current uh owner i believe is named kizviz so that is a a nice little shop and a little bit to the uh, southeast, this building over here is the, let me get to it here, Dominic's Reagents and Poultices. So you know that uh, Dominic Vlace is something of a local remedy man. Neutral good male human adept three expert two. So he's not as cool. He doesn't have NPC, he doesn't have PC levels. Um, but you know that he maintains a shop that is adjacent to his house. Uh, he stores all kinds of unique herbs and minor, minor alchemical items and various components and so on. Mostly leads a fairly solitary life, but enjoys discussing magic and, and other sorts of things with clients who are inspecting his wares. Uh, he's only a minor practitioner of magic himself, but he does have extensive knowledge regarding healing techniques. So that is that location there. I can also... Is poultice spelled? Is that like... Right there. Dominic's that Reagents one? and Poultices. Yeah. Okay. You know that uh, the other two dots down here at the south will go with the one furthest west first. That is the uh, Spark Strike Smithy. It is a, a run by a boisterous artisan named Elis Spark Strike, Chaotic Good, Male, Human Fighter 5. Uh, he is considered the most prominent of Long Shadow's three blacksmiths. Um, while plying his craft, he wears only a sash and reinforced leather apron as upper body protection, a tradition that has resulted in burn scars pockmarking his arms and face. Uh, he is a jovial uh, little individual, 
his greatest joy is hammering freshly heated metals while carrying on a yelled conversation with clients from across his shop. So that is the... That's it over here? The smithy. Yep, that's that place. The building that is not too far away from that is Rutra's Trading Post. That's the general uh, kind of general goods trading store. Uh, it has fallen on a little bit of hard time now because it is run by Rutra Grimborough, a lawful good human... Uh, I'm sorry, lawful good female dwarf, expert to Wizard 4. Uh, she operates the establishment with cool efficiency. Uh, the Grimborough family emigrated from Kragadan long ago. And uh, over time, they... You know, over several generations, they found that they had become more of a part of the human town than their distant mountain home. Um, due to the Molthuni siege on the Sky Citadel, it has greatly reduced the fortress's exports and adversely affected her wares by extension, as a great deal of her goods were imported from Kragadan. Uh, those are the main points that I had put out because I figured that you could potentially go there and I wanted you to know what kind of stores were available there's also of course the Hunter's Bureau I didn't mark it but it's this building over here the Hunter's Bureau um, Hersk is probably particularly familiar with the Hunter's Bureau as he takes out regular uh, quests to slay mighty beasts um, there is the Armory which is this building just north of the, of the Canary there uh, right there, the Long Shadow Armory. And then some of these other buildings are like smithies or, or just other general like factories that make stuff. And then of course you have the docks out here. So those are the the most important parts, I think. Uh, anything else we can bring up as needed. There's a handout that you can look at if you want to look at all the other Did things. Did I spell Rucha's trading post correctly? Uh, it is in small text. I cannot see it. R U T R A. Yep. Yes. So those are well, all of the points of interest. Just to kind of look at the group, there's uh, quite a few uh, nice shops and things that uh, we can go to to kind of arm ourselves and uh, get some upgrades and stuff for the upcoming fighting. But um, I think we probably best go to the town hall and see if we can talk with the mayor and explain things. I agree. We're under a bit of a time crunch. Probably should relay the news to them as quickly as possible and then make preparations if we're successful in convincing them. I will trust your judgment, Jessup. It's a lot of pressure. Okay. You will do fine. Make your way to the town hall there. Once the seat of power for a Chelish governor... The Long Shadow Town Hall was repurposed into a far more civic-facing structure. Half the building is dedicated to the concerns of governance, with meeting rooms and individual offices for the mayor and members of the town council. The other half of the hall houses an auditorium where several hundred citizens can gather to discuss matters of politics or enjoy entertainment presented by the council. It was only 20 years ago that Mayor Crawbert, then newly elected, ordered the medal necessary to give the structure an official symbol of Nirmathis uh, along its outer facade. The construction of an intricate silver tree with a protruding brass sword required the talents of an expert metalsmith from Kayonan, who painstakingly 
threaded heated metals to create the overarching foliage of the nation's symbol. So you see this magnificent metal symbol above the front entrance of the town hall as you approach. And you enter within the building and you see there is a, a desk with a couple clerks uh, behind it. And there's a, a short line of people that are kind of queued up and waiting for their um, concerns to be uh, addressed. And uh, what do you do? Do you just uh, stand in line? ready to like how many people in line ahead of uh, us, it then? looks like ahead of you there's about four or five people um and um at the shortest line kieran just says leave this to me and he takes off his shirt just wow. kidding he doesn't that's, actually that's do that go well. he doesn't that, that, do that so uh so <laughs> i'm jessup's getting some dmv vibes here and uh kind of goes to the shorter line and kind of looks up at one person. He'll, he'll kind of go one person at a time be like, Hey, uh, I know what you're here for is probably something that's super important and means a lot to you, but I have something that's really impactful to Long Shadow, and I desperately need to get to the front of the queue. May I As step in front of you? you were talking... Oh, crap. You hear footsteps approach from behind, and suddenly a heavy hand smashes onto your shoulder. And... A voice that you recognize from behind says, Oh, Jessup, I didn't know you were back. You've been gone for so long. It's good to see that you're alive still. And you turn and you see Brock. Oh, Brock, it's you! He gives him a big old hug. He he grabs you and drops his phone on the floor. And, uh... What the heck is this thing? <laughs> it's a inter-plan-a-communication device. Yeah, I just found it in one of the mines. No. I'm sure you did. Um, yeah, so he found it he, in Numeria? He em embraces you back and he says, Oh, you've been gone for so long. How did it go with the rangers? Uh, not not well, not well. That's actually why we're here. Hey, uh, what, do you, uh, where's, where's Rizren? Oh, yeah, about that. Um, he's out somewhere in the Hollow Hills. Uh, about a couple days ago, uh, the farm got hit by, uh, bit of an, uh, an attack, a couple animals. Wild beasts, nothing terribly concerning. We fought them off just fine, but a couple manticores, a griffin or two, something like that, riled up from something, I don't know. Um, beasts have been kind of riled up the past couple days here, but um, we had a few pathfinders staying with us, and he and them went out and wanted to see if they could track down the nest and stop more of them beasts from attacking the farm in the future carrying off all the cattle and whatnot but um he's fine there there's a group of them I, he's not in town for, he hasn't been for the couple of days probably be back in a week or so well that's good to hear he's everything's okay um yeah actually fuck that's why we're here there's um a lot of trouble the um Einfein legion kind of like whispers it and the Einfein legion's uh, attacking they only have a matter of days until they come after Longshadow. He he cracks a grin. He's like, oh, "You always would good at joking. That's a that's a good one. Uh, almost had me, but uh, that's a good one." You'll yeah, have like to you have to tell that to the mayor. See what he thinks. And he starts laughing. Okay. Well, I see. This is how it's probably gonna go in there. So he'll like look like, oh, at him. Are you being serious? He kind of gives him at least the most stern face that he can. Brock, I am being. Super serial right now. 
Okay. Well, I mean, I guess in that case, it's a good thing we have walls, right? He kind of looks at Kieran and Gideon because he knows that those two are looking at the walls and may or may not have made comments about it. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking like a small patrol. Brock, all three of the ranger forts, they were taken down. We lost all of them. At that, his countenance becomes exceedingly serious. He says, I'm just gonna double check with you. You're being deadly serious. He'll look at uh, Kieran and be like, I know you don't know Kieran over here, but uh, he's been with me the whole time. Gideon will nod to confirm their story and just kind of three. He, he's a secondhand story. He doesn't really know. Well, I don't. Uh, I don't know of the other two, but I, I saw one of your ranger forts fallen, and I was with uh, a, a group of survivors before I met up with these three. The damages by the Iron Fang Legion are profound and throughout near Mathos. Rock, they had a freaking dragon. Wait, are you saying those rumors were true? What rumors have you heard? I just heard that something about group of dragon slayers in the Fangwood. I mean, I heard your name mentioned, but I figured it was utterly ridiculous. Another one of my stories, I'm sure. But like, I've seen the. You're clips. saying like you, you. It kind of like looks up and is like you killed a dragon. Well, I mean, I encourage people to do so on my behalf. That sounds a bit more right. Um, no, I, I heard. Kieran I heard rumors about that. Scale. <laughs> Kieran will reach into the haversack and pull out a handful of black dragon scales. His eyes kind of widen a little bit. His one eyebrow goes up. He says, "I mean, yeah, I, I heard a rumor, but I, I didn't think, I didn't think there was anything to it. But wow, that's quite the thing." But, well, it uh, certainly wasn't easy, and it wasn't without its losses. No, I can imagine. And if what you say is true, all three of the ranger forts going down, I mean... I... I mean, you gotta understand, that's, that's far-fetched. I mean... That's... Like, we've never been really attacked on our home turf, let alone lost the forts. That's... No, it's bad, Brock, and I know that... You, one of my most trusted friends for years. That I am. I mean, if you, if you have a hard time believing me, I don't know how I'm going to manage in here with everybody else—the mayor, the sheriff, all the other, you know, main people of concern. That well, in eleven days, it's not going to matter if you believe me or not. I, I wouldn't be here. Well, I, I don't know what you're going to do, but all I can say is, I mean. I have rarely met any men with more convincing arguments than you, so... I guess, I mean... Surely there's evidence for this. I mean, if there's an attack as big as you're claiming, I mean, it can't go completely unnoticed, so... You just point out... Things, I'm sure they'll have some information as well. Like, like I said, you're, you're a convincing fellow, I'm sure you'll... Work it out with him. 
Well, I feel like usually I'm pretty good at it, but today I better be on my game. Is this Q-line moving at all? Yeah, as it's going, I imagine I imagine one of you guys stepped in line as this conversation was going. Uh, so by now, maybe like Hursk or, or somebody is... We, we, had, we had Nibbets stay in line for us. <laughs> yeah, Nibbets is there. He's like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I am holding the line. And, um, oh, that's Gideon's job. Hold the line. Gideon, hold our line! <laughs> and uh, well. by the time... I so. shall not fall. I shall not fall. <laughs> I shall not No one shall cut in my line! Yeah. By the time by the time Brock finishes up and he's just kind of like, yeah, I was just over here um, letting the letting the uh, town hall know about the attack, just giving a random report, you know, and I was about to head back and get everything cleaned up, so... Maybe I'll see you around later today. Uh, it sounds like you're busy though, so don't don't be too too in a hurry if you've got to you know protect all of Long Shadow or whatever it is you're doing. But bad, ah, just all of uh, you know, with us, no biggie. Yeah, just like the good old days. Yeah, the huge. Yep. And by the time the conversation kind of dies down, um, whoever was standing in line has uh, pretty much gotten up to the end, and the clerk kind of says, "Next," and you go up and you kind of all consolidate yourselves in front of the desk she says uh yes um what uh what business do you have uh yes uh jessup i am uh you know a ranger and also a uh you know uh i live here in long shadow and i have to speak with somebody very important about a very important matter um my you know minor details long shadow is going to be attacked in about 11 days and potentially everybody slotted. They'll cut the okay. <laughs> um, let me look at the schedules here. Uh, it looks like uh, the nearest... So it looks like Garrett Greygallow um, has a, a spot open in two days that you could meet with him. Does he maybe have any availability today? Like at the very moment? Like uh, right now? They're fairly busy. I, you seem to be very important business. Um, he he looks at who is she? Can you describe her to me at all? She looks like a older uh, lady, not like old, but like in the upper upper half of middle aged. Uh, well kept hair. Um, looks like she's. I don't know if you have often come into the town hall for business at all, but she is been working as a clerk for you know quite a long time um but as she's like looking through things you hear some noise uh on the second floor of the building um this first entry hall is kind of like an open room where you can see onto the second floor and then they open into hallways going back and you can actually see stepping out from one of the rooms is uh mayor uh tom crawbert himself followed by his three primary advisors and you can hear them kind of discussing some things uh up there as she's looking through her schedule i'm assuming uh, jessup and the mayor and the advisors are at least somewhat acquainted you've probably met each other you've at least talked um so you you're familiar like you recognize them on site for sure jessup will look at him and be like Hey, there he is right now. Do you believe that you can go and uh, fetch him for me? Or at least get us into a room together? One second. 
She... Oh. What? Oh, and I'm sorry. I don't think I caught your name. Your name? As you're talking... Okay. Her name, um, you say, my name is Risa. Uh, and as you're asking that, you actually... Uh, Hersk, you can actually see out of the corner of your eye. I think you have the highest perception. You see out of the corner of your eye, the mayor actually stops for a second. Kind of like, gives a quizzical look, looks down in your direction. He says, Is that Jessup? The fabled dragon slayer? Oh, Risa, you did a fantastic job. Thank you for fetching him for me. He looks up. Why, yes, it is I, Jessup Elfin, the ranger dragon slayer, here to have words with you. <laughs> if I may. I'll be honest, I don't really give uh, much stock in the rumors, but uh, I have heard quite a very interesting story about you, and I would like to talk about it. Um, well, the rumors ain't stockier than me, so... Yeah, well, uh, by all means, you can meet me at the pub later today. Uh, I've got some business here to attend to about an old well, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have a talk. Uh, do you think I could maybe not be at a pub location, maybe somewhere a little bit more private? I suppose so. Um, is I... this rumor more confidential than it sounded? Well, you know, we don't want to create a panic or anything like that. Can I just maybe have about ten seconds of your time just right over here? I suppose so. And one of the advisors by him, a looks like a half-elven woman, she says... Mayor, we really do need to figure out what to do about this well. And he says, oh, the well can wait. It's not going anywhere. I'll be right back. Uh, and he starts making his way down. And then the three advisors just follow him down. Um, so Jessup moves over with his three advisors. And Nibbets, the fourth. And uh, goes, Mayor, I appreciate you coming down these flights of stairs to meet with me just for a quick second. Um... Yes, the rumors are true. Uh, we did fight a dragon. And um, coincidentally, pretty much all the ranger forces have been eradicated. And uh, there's actually an imminent threat of an entire legion of hobgoblins that is going to attack Long Shadow in about 11 days. So, well, imminent attack. So you say that, and he kind of cocks an eyebrow. As if he's like trying to figure out if what you're saying is true. And then one of the advisors behind him... Uh, a man in in uh, very nice clothes with the symbol of Abadar on the chest uh, kind of gives a long sign. He says, Mayor, we don't have time for jokes. We have important business to attend to right now. And the mayor kind of says, Um, yes, uh, Jessup, I appreciate this. Um, he kind of looks at the Avatar guy and he goes, oh, well, I mean, based on the company that you're in, I'm sure that I can buy some of your time. Zing! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kieran wants to just kind of casually, he'll say, sir, with all due respect, we have a hobgoblin prisoner in your jail right now that may help give credence to our story. Um, the mayor at this point, he kind of nods, he says, All right. Um, Seneca, how about we postpone the well to tomorrow? And, uh, it sounds like we have a 
bit of a conversation that we need to have here. Yes. And then after here, then maybe we can consider the pup. They, uh, they all nod. And he says, if you'll follow me, uh, we'll go to my office and have a, have a chat. And okay. they lead you up to the second floor and they take you down to one of the back rooms and into one of the larger offices. And he kind of goes over to his desk, sits down, and um, begins to kind of stroke his beard. I'll actually show you what he looks like. This is Mayor Tom Crawbert. He's got like a mustache that goes into like a... Is that like a handlebar? I think it's almost like a handlebar mustache. Yeah. It's like the, the Civil War Yeah. So he's kind, of, he's kind of tugging on that a little bit as he is sitting at his desk. And next to him, you have the three main advisors. Jessup and Hurst, you've, you're at least vaguely familiar with these if you haven't already met them firsthand. There is Solomon Zane, who is a um, lawful neutral male middle-aged human cleric of Abadar V. Uh, he is a, uh, a, a banker within Longshadow and one of the primary advisors for Mayor Tom. You also have Seneca Volstat. She is a neutral female half-elf rogue four. She is a shipping magnate in town. And then you have the aforementioned Garrett Greygallo, who is a uh, neutral male human expert six. He is a uh, owner of one of the local foundries. So these are all three prominent people in town. And uh, <laughs> yes, if Gideon begins to detect alignment, the mayor will be like, no, hold no. up now. <laughs> we no. don't do that here. She does not. <laughs> so what's, uh, the, what's the mayor's name of the uh, Abadar fiend again? Yes. So the uh, priest is Solomon Zane. The, the foundry owner is Garrett Gray Gallo. The shipping magnet is Seneca Volstadt. And the mayor is Mayor Tom Crobert. Thank you. And do, so... Alright, so we're all in the room together? Yeah. Including a nibbits? Yes, so you nibbits. are all in this room together. And we will now get into the infamous... Verbal duels. I think necessary. If I if I may, before we get up to the uh, to the room, can okay. I do one thing? Sure. So he will when they start walking up the room, he'll kind of nudge Kieran to the side. Like, hey, Kieran, you've been with me pretty much again from the beginning, and I'm going to need your help convincing them that this is trouble. Are you with me? I'll do my best. I know you will. Just need you to smooth talk them. You know, be diplomatic. You know how to be diplomatic, don't you? Sure. That was overly convincing. Okay. Just remember remember how to talk. Smooth talk. Like, you, like you're back at home, you know? And with that, Jessup will use four uses of his Bard performance to use the feat Omnipresent Mentor to give Kieran mm -hmm. a plus three bonus to diplomacy for the next until I rest. Okay. Whoa. Okay. And then that's when we go up. All right. So, 
we're gonna have to pull out of the scene a little bit, talk about the mechanics here of these verbal duels, because none of us have ever done verbal duels before. We've all read them, but uh, they're pretty involved. So, essentially, we'll do this sort of step by step. Excuse me. So, the first step is normally going to be, with any verbal duel, you've got the two sides that are debating, and then you have the audience. I'll just let you know, in this case, the audience is going to be the mayor. You are going to try to convince the mayor of, of all of your information, and the advisors, who think you're just wasting time or whatever, are going to basically try to convince him that the well is very important. Uh, not specifically the well, but in general that your your arguments are distracting them from important business that needs to be done. So, the first step would be assessing the crowd, trying to get a feel for them. Uh, this is particularly easy for Jessup uh, and, and for Hursk, who are fairly familiar with the history of Longshadow and how prominent a figure that Mayor Crawbert is. So, I would like, uh, in this case, I would say only those two, Hursk and Jessup, to roll a sense motive. This will kind of give you an idea of the mayor's leanings, what, what kind of verbal tactics he might scoff at and others that he might commend. Okay. Okay. 27. Uh, very easy DC. Hursk did not meet the DC, but uh, Jessup did. <laughs> it was DC 15. Huge surprise there. Um, so yeah, Jessup, you're aware that you know there's a there's a lot of different rumors about Mayor Crawbert. Uh, one of the widely spoken ones is that he spent some time as an adventurer in his younger years, and his relationship with most of his adventuring companions was not great. And as such, he is particularly. Um, he, he takes particularly uh, bad to mockery. He does not enjoy seeing or seeing people mocked or being mocked. So in essence, any check you make to mock during the verbal duel will take a minus two penalty. You would also know that he is a learned man. He's actually somewhat of a linguist himself. Uh, as such, he, uh, very, he is very fond of using wit in a debate. So any check you make using wit will get a plus two bonus. So that is the very simple assessing of the crowd. Uh, in this particular verbal duel, there will be no seeding of the audience or any of that stuff. So we'll skip all of that. Um, what I just told you was the mayor's biases. He is negatively biased towards mockery, positively biased towards wit. Now on to edges. I believe the only individual edge that you have is now with Kieran for diplomacy because the competence bonus that you gave is a plus three, so it would qualify as an edge. So Kieran, you specifically have one edge that you can use on a diplomacy check, whichever tactic you put diplomacy into. You can expend an edge on that tactic because you have that competence bonus. I should get one, if I'm not mistaken, for skill focus. Uh, you religion. have skill focus? 
in religion. Then, uh, if you put if you put not if, if you put knowledge religion into a tactic, you would get a edge for that tactic. Yes, like an appeal to allegory or anything sure. like that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you put that particular skill into. I will also let you know that the party has several general edges that uh, you have earned, unbeknownst to yourselves. These edges can be spent at any time, on any skill. They're just general edges. You gain one for your reputation as rumored dragon slayers. Uh, There is just a, a little bit of weight behind your words at the idea that you did, in fact, slay a dragon. Uh, even though they're just rumors at this point. Mm-hmm. You gain a second edge. Uh, actually, the, these next edges are evidence that you have. So you found the uh, letters on the centaur that had kind of back and forth between camps. That gives you one general edge. You brought Meslin and Volden to town. So if you needed to get their testimony, you can call for it. That is another edge. You brought Nibbets to town. So her testimony is another edge. And finally... You brought Marzan to town. So he gives you another edge as evidence. Wow. Malani does know what's up. Literally, Jessup has been saying that the whole time. I would have laughed so hard if you didn't bring him, and then I told you that, and then you don't get it. That's a lot of general edges, though. Yeah, you guys have a lot of edges. Uh, Five general edges, and then Kieran and Gideon. Kieran Kieran and Gideon both have a specific edge for one skill. So why don't you go ahead and explain how expending one of those works and what it does for you. Right. So an edge is basically a advantage on a roll. A duelist can spend an edge to re-roll an associated skill check for a verbal duel tactic. Uh, sometimes you're limited to when you can spend an edge. So for instance, Kieran and Gideon have edges that they are limited to a specific tactic. The other five you can use whenever you need a re-roll. Uh, and basically you just... And you can spend these consecutively. So if you very, very, very need to win a particular roll, you can spend all five edges just one after the other. Just roll it. You didn't get it. Spend an edge. Roll it again. Spend an edge. Roll it again. Until you finally hit that DC. If you really need to hit that particular DC. But you're limited on how many edges you get. One thing to keep in mind is that whenever you win an exchange, you get an edge. And the way that exchanges work. The duel is basically, you could consider the duel as a combat. And you could almost equate each exchange to like a round, a back and forth. It goes back and forth a couple times, but basically one person will choose a, choose a tactic and roll the associated skill check. And that will set the DC of the, uh, of the counter and the ante for the exchange goes up to one. If the opponent decides that they want to counter it, they choose a tactic, roll the skill check, and if they exceed the DC, they then basically hand it off to you to counter, and the ante goes up again. And it continues like this until someone concedes the exchange or someone fails a skill check. Once you have conceded or failed, whatever your current ante is, is subtracted from your determination and we were actually talking about this a little bit before the session we have calculated that your party's determination is 10 that's basically your hit points 
Once your determination hits zero, you have lost the duel. Once your opponent's determination hits zero, you have won the duel. So as an exchange goes on and the ante continues to increase, it becomes extremely important to d decide whether you want to counter and risk taking extra damage or just concede and, and take your loss and then start the next exchange. Um, if you concede or lose, uh, you are the one who starts the next exchange. Uh, there are, There is one tactic that kind of uh, changes that. Um, actually, I think it's... Yeah, if you lose, you start the next exchange. However, there's a particular tactic that you can roll it and it actually lets you immediately end the exchange and you start the next one. So I think that's red herring. So um, so edges are fairly simple. They're just re-rolls. Determination, fairly simple. Just your HP. Uh, I've already calculated it. Like I said, it's the average of your mental stats. And three of you, the average is a plus one. So plus one and then your hit dice of nine for a ten. So that's your hit points for the duel. Um... The uh, important modifiers that might come up uh, in the middle of a duel are uh, the following. So, last tactic. It is often considered bad form and awkward to counter with the last tactic used against you. So, for example, if your opponent opens the exchange with logic and you try to counter with logic, you take a penalty because you're just countering with the same tactic that they just used. So you want to kind of choose different tactics as you go along rather than just using the same one that they just used, for example. There's also the repetition of duelists. This is specific to a team duel. When a duelist wins an exchange, that character takes a minus two penalty on all skill checks for her tactics. Hearing many different voices, is uh, that have, even if they have similar opinions, lends credibility to a team's arguments. So... Jessup might have the highest skills, but if he just wins like four exchanges in a row, he's essentially taking a minus eight penalty on everything. So eventually he's not going to be able to hit the DCs if it's only him winning the exchanges, basically. And uh, tactic interaction. Certain tactics are better versus other ones. So, for example, if somebody uh, uses logic and then you counter with an emotional appeal. Emotional appeal gets a bonus when used to counter logic. So there's a lot of minute interaction that goes on there. Uh, and that you kind of just have to read each individual tactic. Um, which I think we can probably get into the tactics here. And we'll kind of explain. Each tactic has an associated skill. And basically you take your skill... Uh, you apply it to that tactic. So when you roll, say, an allegory, you're like, I'm going to roll an allegory and say you put knowledge religion into it. So you're basically just rolling a knowledge religion check. Uh, the way that this works is you add your charisma modifier plus your ranks in that skill plus the class skill bonus if it is a class skill. That's all you add. Anything else on top of that is converted to edges. So that is why Kieran's competence bonus to diplomacy is an edge rather than a bonus to his tactic. Same with Gideon. Skill focus is an edge rather than a bonus to his tactic. The only, the only bonuses you get are your ranks, charisma, and if it's a class skill. 
And even if even if the skill is like an intelligence-based skill, you use your charisma in a verbal duel. Always use your charisma modifier in a verbal duel. Um, so we can go through and we're going to have to talk a little bit back and forth to see how you guys want to place your uh, skills. Some of you might not have skills for certain tactics. You can still put stuff in there. So even if you don't have any perform skills, you can still put perform act into one of the tactics it's just you'll only get your charisma because you won't have any ranks or class skill bonuses in it so it'll be a very low bonus but you might have to do that you, you might just not have skills to put in everything so you'll have to decide what tactic you want to really put your best skills into and what tactics you're going to just have to you know leave behind so kind of an open discussion here how you guys want to if and you have questions person, or anything. Yeah, so each person has to determine what skill they're going to apply to each tactic, and you can yes. only apply a skill once. Yes, yes. Okay. I believe each of you will individually decide how you want to allocate your skills, and you can only put a skill in one area. Now, Jessup is a little unique. He's a bard. So technically, he has like four skills that work off of perform oratory. So he's got intimidate, sense motive, diplomacy. And they're all the same bonus because he only uses his perform oratory for it. And then he also has perform oratory that he could give to some yeah. other task. So he can basically put perform oratory in one and then sense motive in another, diplomacy in another, intimidate in another. But they all use the bonus for perform oratory. So uh, he, he can basically more or less choose a bunch of different skills to get all those bonuses on. But he can only put each of those individual skills into one tactic. He can't. So give us yeah. general strategy. Should we try to diversify our skill set? Or if like both of us put skills in logic, is that going to be detrimental? It depends on how the how the how how it goes on. If okay. two people put high bonuses in logic, then if one person keeps winning, their bonus will lower. So the other person can start to take over. So you're uh. not necessarily being hurt by doubling up. It would be good to spread them out a little bit because there are interactions. So like if you only put stuff in logic and they use something that logic is bad against, then nobody has anything to counter that. So you do want to spread out a little bit, but you're not really penalized by having high stats in the same tactic. So okay. I do have one question off of what you discussed. So you said that if Jessica keeps going consecutive rounds he's going to get penalties. Now, is that only during one anti-exchange and then that's refreshed for the next anti-exchange when it restarts? Or is it as long as I keep rolling throughout the so entire battle? You only take the penalty if you win an exchange. So if you are the final person to roll and you set the DC and they either fail to counter it or concede, you have won that exchange and you take a minus two penalty for the rest of the duel. So you don't take any penalties if you speak a lot during the exchange. But if you win the exchange, you take a penalty for the rest of the duel. So it just determines, like... So we're getting tired out as we go on. Pretty much, yeah. Determination. More like they're just getting sick of hearing from the same yeah. person over and over. Yeah, that is mostly right. what it is. If it's, all, okay. if it's only you speaking, it's less valuable than if everyone is speaking. I so uh, looking at the tactics, the ones that I have my eye on. So I have logic that I would probably like to apply my profession soldier to, or 
depending on how I roleplay it, Jason, I don't know if, if you would think that it's more of a knowledge local, but I did kind of mention to you a little bit about this earlier. Um, yeah, it, as far as that goes, it depends on how you want to use it. You can only put one or the other. I'll let you put either of them in, but that just depends. That will frame how your logical arguments are going. If you want it to be a knowledge local, then your your argument for logic will be based off of that sort of area. But if your arguments for logic are just military tactics, that sort of thing, you can do profession soldier, and that's fine. Okay, yeah, so that's probably, I would want to use profession soldier for a logic tactic. Um, I have a roleplay thing for allegory, but I don't have any of those skills, so I would just be rolling a flat charisma I Check. also have a pre-written role play for allegory with opening remarks. So it doesn't have okay. to be like, he doesn't have to go first, but I knew that I had the edge in religion. So I specced into that before we met for today. Okay. Okay. So yeah. and depending on what Josh does, I may not do that at all. It may not just sit well. I have a whole table everything. here uh, that I can start filling in skills with tactics as you go along. Just let me know if you've settled on where you want to put stuff. Yeah, and then I would put knowledge nobility into presence. Okay. I think that's... I mean, I'm pretty certain that Jessup has enough that I could do everything. But obviously, I can't do everything consistently. Yes. So why don't you three decide on what's best for you, and then Jessica can try to fill in gaps. Because, like, I have every knowledge, so I can help fill in. They're not super good, but my biggest ones... Now you said, Jason, we we add in everything for our role. We just we're actually if we're rolling oratory, I would click my perform oratory, and that's what. The role if you're is. rolling oratory, you would add your charisma, your your ranks, and a class skill. So if you have floating modifiers beyond that, then you don't just click the it. Only floating modifiers that I have is bardic knowledge. Okay. Does that count? Um, let me just read bardic knowledge here. I had half of my bard level to those, but I don't understand. I don't know what they're considered. Uh, oh, that's not what I wanted. I apparently got corrected to dark knowledge. Would I get like eight edges? Uh, let me see. Bardic knowledge. Bardic knowledge. Bardic. Where are you, bardic knowledge? You're somewhere here. Uh, a bard adds half his class level to all knowledge skill checks and may make all knowledge skill checks untrained. So it's crazy, but it seems that you would get edges. Those are on top of the other stuff. So instead of getting half your level, which at this level would be plus four, so instead of getting plus four on your knowledges, you would get one edge for your knowledges. For each specific knowledge. For each knowledge that you put in, yeah. Because okay. you get, so you I get that bonus to all knowledge. knowledge so. so when I take that away, unfortunately, it does drop all mine by four. So now my yes. knowledges are like not. Yeah, fantastic. your knowledges will all go down in modifier, but you'll be able to reroll each of them once. Yeah, my knowledge locals is seven. Other than that, it's just my knowledge arcana is a five and nature is a five. I'm not sure how we could really use those, but. Um. Okay, so I guess we can just each go and say what we would put our things in. So, Jason, I would do 
uh, profession soldier for logic. Okay, and what's the bonus for that? Your charisma plus your ranks, and yep. it's a class skill. Uh, ten. So plus ten. Wait, 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 wait. Ooh. No. no, class skill fourteen. Oh. I forgot my charisma because that's an intelligence. Yes. Skill. So you would have to take out the intelligence modifier and then put your charisma in. You can't just add charisma on top of it. Mine's a zero, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. So you have seven ranks in it plus... Yes. Yeah. Seven ranks plus class skill plus my four charisma. Okay. So plus 14 so, in logic. Yep. Um, I would do knowledge nobility into presence. Okay. And that would that? be a... So I have six ranks okay. plus it's a class skill, so it's nine yep. plus four. So that's a 13. 13. So 13 in presence. Yep, and then I think I would probably do uh, diplomacy into flattery. Okay, so diplomacy into flattery, and what's your bonus on that? Ten. Plus ten into flattery. Yep. And those and are the only class skills you have. Everything else would be... Just plus four. Right. Yep. Okay, and uh, I well, assume... Well, unless, unless it's a class skill, I just don't have ranks in it correct if you don't have ranks in it you don't get the class skill bonus oh right yeah. so okay yep. what what skills it. do you put in the other because you might end up in a situation where you don't have any skills left depending on how you allocate them so oh i do have knowledge local so i could put that into something okay knowledge local can go into uh... i believe there was one that you could use logic for. logic yeah i think i think knowledge is Yes, yeah, logic is for anything pertinent, assuming yeah. that you could probably... So you've yeah. already done logic, so knowledge local mm -hmm. can't really be used for you in that yeah. one. But as um, far as the other skills go, you basically just have to you basically just have to let me know, can you put a skill there, even if you're not trained or anything, or can you just straight up not use that tactic for the duel? Oh, you want me to go through like each tactic and say? Yeah, so like, do can you... So even if you don't have ranks in something... As long so, as you can do the thing. So, like, perform oratory. You don't have ranks in it, but you can still put your charisma to it. So, I just need to know if you ever get to a point where, like, you've already used all of your skills and you get to a thing where it's like, I literally can't put any any random skill into this tactic and therefore can't use it. Um, I could do emotional appeal with bluff. Okay. Um... And that's just a plus four? Yes, just okay. a plus four. Um, and then I could do rhetoric with linguistics. Okay. And that's and also a plus four? Yes. Well, I have two ranks in that. Oh, so it's a six. But it's not a plus. It's not a class skill. Okay. So, so it's just a plus a six. six. Okay. Yeah. And I think that is all of my applicable skills. You tactics. you can still put like perform comedy into wit if you want. It's just it'll be your base. Sure, okay. why not? <laughs> so perform comedy can go into a plus four for there. Uh, and this doesn't mean that we have to use these tactics, no, you right? Don't, you because don't, you, know, you don't have to use them. It's just in okay, order to I could use do... them at all, you have to have something in them. Yeah, I could do intimidate, intubating, and I have plus four for that. Okay, so intimidate, intubating for plus four. Okay. Yep. Um, which one did I skip? Mockery. Uh, allegory, mockery, and red herring. I don't have anything. Okay, allegory, I could do like a 
I don't know, like a, just a base plus four, I guess. Well, I don't For have knowledge. knowledge. You don't I have guess. to have the knowledge. It's fine. You can just put the skill in there and it'll be your base, I think. Yeah, yep. So that would just be a base plus four for allegory. Which one? Just so I'd know how you're framing um, it. Knowledge history. Okay, so knowledge history into allegory. Okay, plus four. Yep, and uh, then... Mockery and red herring. Mockery, I've already used all three of those. You've already used all three of those, so you you can't use mockery, I period. cannot use mockery, yep. And then red and herring. And then I cannot use red herring You cannot either. use uh, oratory. You haven't used... Oh, you're right. You're right. I thought that was so, comedy. Perform. Yep, so I could. So perform. Yep. So it's just a base plus four. Plus four. Okay. So that is Kieran. All good to go. Um, who wants to go through the list next and figure out how they want to allocate? I've it? got mine. Like I could read them off, ready to go. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, allegory. I chose religion. It is currently my best thing that I can do. Do you want the bonuses to them? Yeah, go ahead and let me know like how many ranks you have. And... Fifteen with nine ranks. Oh wow, you put everything in there. Yep. And yeah, no. you have a edge in that, correct? And I have an edge. Right. Yep. So you have an edge in, in that. Uh, she had an edge in flattery because that's what she put diplomacy into. Okay. Uh, next, baiting. Intimidate. Okay. Intimidate into baiting, and what's your bonus? It has an eight. Plus eight. Okay. Emotional appeal. Uh, sense motive. Sense motive. Also an eight. Also an eight. Flattery. Bluff, five. Okay. Logic. Soldier, eight. Okay. Got two soldiers up in here. Um, mockery. Comedy, zero. Okay. Okay, so... Um, it would be at least a plus four because you have your charisma, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, you add your charisma to all that stuff? It's not that you add your charisma. It's you use your charisma instead of the skill that you usually use. So if the you... bonus is always your charisma modifier plus your ranks plus if it is a class skill. That is always what the bonus is. Right. So in this case, because it's a perform, so it would be four. Okay. Because it, he doesn't have any ranks in it okay. or anything like that. So it's just your base plus four. I'll reduce that by two right now because that's his negative bias. Sure. So you have a plus two on Mockery. I'll increase her wit to a plus six. I'll okay. put a functional plus two on my side so I just know what it is. Okay. Nobility, I don't have any ranks in. So knowledge, um, nobility for presence. Yeah. No and ranks, so, do I... so it would just be a four? Yep. You still add your charisma to that? Yep. It's always your charisma, plus cool. ranks, plus class skill. And so, has f plus ranks, plus class skill. So even charisma-based skills, it'll just be what it would normally be. Charisma-based skills are probably just going to be their normal, but the intelligence so, and wisdom-based skills would change. So your wisdom-based skills are actually going to turn out to be better, depending. Yes. So your knowledge religion you have as a plus 15... You had nine yeah. ranks, so nine plus uh, it's a class skill, so that'd be 12, plus your charisma would actually be a 16, not a 15. Well, plus skill focus. Just you do not add edge. skill focus. Gotcha. That's what gives me the edge. So it's 16. So intimidate. 16 the edge. Yes. Intimidate is charisma, so it just so stays That's fine. Eight. Sense motive is wisdom. So that becomes a 12. So, because you have five ranks plus class skill for eight, plus four for 12. Four ranks. Four ranks. So four ranks plus four have, plus uh, four plus three, so it's an eleven. 
but I have a miscellaneous plus one to it, but that those kinds of things don't Those do not in. count. Nope. nope. Okay, so it's 11. Plus 11, okay. Bluff is a... a... Bluff, I have no ranks in, so it's just a four. So it's a four, not a five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, soldier another... is wisdom. How many ranks do you have on that? Five. Five. So five plus three is eight, plus four is 12. So it's a 12. So comedy, is comedy is correct as a plus two, and nobility is correct at a plus four. Okay. Okay. I, so now I we're at red hair. Uh, oratory. Okay, so perform oratory, and uh, do you have any ranks in that? One. Okay, so it would be a plus f- five. Or is that a class skill for you? Class skill. It is, so it would be an eight. Yep. Okay. Uh, rhetoric. Uh, diplomacy. Diplomacy. Interesting. And what are your ranks? Seven. Seven. So, and that one definitely is a class skill for you. So that's a 14. Okay. And then wit is the last one. Yep. Which I have linguistics. Okay. And do you have any ranks in linguistics? No. Okay, so it's just a four. Yep. Okay. So that's two down. Uh, Jessica Hurst, which one of you wants to go down the list? Um, I'm still sorting mine, sorry. Okay. I think I can go. I can go. <laughs> yeah. Mine's gonna be pretty fast, I mean... <laughs> let's be honest. So, okay, did I understand correctly that you can take a flat check on a knowledge even if you're not... It's not a class skill, or no? Yes, you can, you can put knowledges into these tactics. It's just that you're okay. gonna have a very low bonus. So, allegory. Okay. Uh, knowledge history. So history, and uh, that is not a class skill for you? Nope. And you don't have any ranks in it? Nope. So it's just a minus one for you? Uh, it shows up as a zero. Always, instead of, because that's using your intelligence, these are always yeah. using your charisma. So your charisma is a minus one, right? one. Yep, yeah. yep. So, so any of these that aren't, it'll be a, neg- a minus one. Basically okay. all of them except uh, knowledge geography is going to be a minus one. Okay. Uh, so baiting, we'll do intimidate. Okay, intimidate, minus one. Emotional appeal, sense motive, minus one. Okay, Uh, yeah, so you don't have any ranks in sense motive, okay. Yeah, I don't have any ranks in it because it's not a class skill. Yeah, yeah. Just a flat check. Uh, Flattery, diplomacy, minus one. Diplomacy, minus one. (laughs) Uh, Logic, knowledge geography. Okay. I have a 12. So you have... Uh, nine ranks. Nine ranks. Yeah. It's a class skill, so that's a 12. Adding your charisma brings it down to an 11, but it's still plus 11. Yep. Uh, okay. mock- mockery. We're going to do bluff. Bluff. Minus one. Minus one. But it is a <laughs> negative bias, so I'm just going to put that on a minus three here. Yep. Presence. Knowledge nobility. Minus okay. one. Knowledge nobility. Minus one. Okay. Red herring. Perform oratory. Perform. Minus one. Oratory. I'm I'm liking your <laughs> I don't wanna talk. Rhetoric. We're gonna go with linguistics. Minus one. Minus one. <laughs> and last, wit perform comedy. Minus one. So perform comedy, but it is a positive bias, so it's actually a plus one. Yes. And Those are my um, two. <laughs> I believe uh, Gideon's linguistics should also be a six because it's a positive bias. So. so those should be all of mine. So you have one plus 11, one plus one, a <laughs> bunch of minus ones, and one minus three. <laughs> yep. 
Okay. <laughs> so don't let me talk. Don't let me Okay, you're you're good at shooting things. Yeah. Just talk about the character. talk about the hills. Well, that's <laughs> what I was gonna rely on. Like, if we need a solid logic, bring in Hersk. Anything else, don't don't make him talk. Okay. So that brings us to the final final combatant here, Jessup. Big Kahuna. Uh, yeah. Have you figured out kind of how you wanna? Nope, probably not. Can you at least tell me, out of curiosity, how are we on allegory, logic, mockery, and rhetoric? Uh, allegory is Gideon's highest, so he's got a he's got a a banger allegory. Okay. Uh, you mentioned logic. Correct. Everybody has a ten or higher on logic. Okay, not Jessup. Okay, continue. Uh, what was uh, the other one? Mockery, which I probably won't use, but mockery. Mockery. Everybody's got a plus two or less. <laughs> well, I don't think we're really going to try to use that one much anyway. But yeah, that's up to you. And then rhetoric. Uh, rhetoric. Uh, Hursk is out of the question. Kieran, <laughs> Kieran's pretty middling, but Gideon's actually got a really—that's his second highest. So Gideon's okay. got a, a pretty good rhetoric. Good. So I think mockery is the only one we had so-so in. Mockery is the only one that nobody's any good at. And then for Mockery, you get a plus two bonus on associated skill checks when using Mockery to counter a tactic with a negative audience bias if you win the exchange so, with yeah. Mockery. Yeah. The funny thing about that is Mockery is the negative bias. So you would be getting a plus two to counter the thing that you're already taking a minus two on. Right. So... So is there really a benefit to doing mockery? It in this per- in this particular but... one, probably not, because that is the okay. negative bias. So I guess, all right, so if I did everything correctly, allegory will be a knowledge history for Jessup. Okay, and uh, what which is... Which would be an eight. Eight, so three from class skill. Three, you have one rank, three one class rank. skill, four charisma. Yep, and then you get one... So plus eight, and then you get one edge because it's one of your knowledges. Correct. Okay. Uh, baiting will be sense motive, which okay. will be a sixteen. Because you have a max uh, that one out, my... right? What's that? You've maxed that one out, right? Yes. Oh, because it's oratory, yep. and oratory, oratory you have your nine ranks plus the class Correct. skills. Correct. Nine ranks plus, plus class skill plus charisma. So sixteen for that one. Yep. Yep. Um, emotional appeal will be my perform oratory, which was also a sixteen. Yep. Flattery is diplomacy, which is 16. Okay. Logic will be knowledge local, which would be also an 8. Okay, that is so also knowledge an edge. local is also an 8 with an edge. Uh, mockery will be perform comedy, which should only be a flat 4. From okay. Charisma. So it's a, it's a plus 4, but it is a negative bias, so I'll just make that so a plus two. 2 on my end. Um, what's the next one? Presence. Uh, yes, presence, uh, that'll be Intimidate, 16, from Oratory. Okay, Intimidate, plus 16. Red Herring, Bluff, 16. That is cool. actually just a max skill. Um. Okay, yeah, because it's not, it's not under I, your... Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep, that's nine, not Oratory, that's, that's another, just nine. That's another nine ranks, yeah. That's correct. Okay, Rhetoric. Uh, that will be Perform Act, uh, a four. Okay, so Perform Act for plus four charisma. on that one. Okay. And then last will be Knowledge Linguistics, which actually becomes a 16, because instead of using Intelligence, which is a 0, I add 4 more from Charisma. Right, because you have... 
Because it's max ranks at nine. Yeah, because you have nine ranks. That's also a class skill for a bard. And you add your... Yep, so it says 16. Yep. Okay. So, so have you two have edges. two That's... edges. And, okay. I will actually snip this uh, table that I have so you guys can see what you are actually doing here. And I'll uh, save well, this... Just because we can see it doesn't mean we know what we're doing. Yeah. I'll save this as tactics, and I will upload it to the discard. Upload a file, documents, downloads, tactics. So you guys can open that, and that shows you all of your bonuses, all of your edges, um, minus the general, the five general edges you have. And, uh, yeah. So we basically just choosing what we want to use. We just do a d20, and then we just are adding from the table. Pretty much, yep. Okay. Okay. Where is that? Uh, it's in Discord. Okay. In the Discord also, chat. Discard. 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 So. Hersk feeling strong. Let's do this. All that's uh, Hersk, uh, you up. can go wait downstairs if you'd like. Oh, I might pop off to the Hunter's Bureau and uh, see what they got going on. Uh, yeah, go, go find my son while you're out, will you? Thanks. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> wow. I don't know that for a fact. Jessup would leave, <laughs> and then you guys are completely screwed for the rest of the duel. Okay, so you guys are all in this in this office with the mayor, his three advisors. He sits behind his desk, and he begins kind of like pulling at uh, the one side of his beard, and he says, All right, so you have some fairly substantial claims. Um, well, uh, go ahead and fill me in on what's going on. So, in this particular duel, you guys will be opening the first exchange. So, you will decide who makes the first the first check. And what tactic and all that stuff. Well, and I guess... Hear me out. Okay. Let Hersk open it up. Right. With the logic geography explaining what's going on in the world out there. <laughs> with a logic tactic. And then he can just shut up. I mean, it makes sense to have somebody with a mediocre or low roll go to set the bar low. Because if we yep. start high, we're not yeah. increasing the ante enough yep. to make it worthwhile. And then if we use the high rolls, then that person's going to get negatives if they succeed moving forward. Right. So it is probably good to let the worst person proceed. So, Justin, you'd be starting this a lot. I'm sorry. That's okay. Are we all in agreement, I guess? <clears throat> yeah, are we all good with that? Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, Josh, what is your rebuttal? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that, I, I, that, that. that sounded yeah, right? like a not funny. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. You sounded no, like no, a role man. No, yeah, right? No, like, yeah, no, guys, guys, I'm just in, in the headspace of... You're either with us or against us. What side of the table I, I am with you. Me. Everyone go ahead. I think I think what he's meaning is that he said he had an allegory thing that but No, no, had... it's... It's it's fine. I was just noticing that allegory says if it opens, it's best, but it should be fine so long as. But it's open per not for the right. start of the duel, but it's per argument. So right. if we get further on and they're right, low, right. Uh, which is why I'm like, yeah, 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 it's it's fine. I was just working through it and saying, yeah, yeah it's it's fine. I don't have to go first. I just have to go to the yeah. beginning of an allegory argument. is good as an opener, but logic is also good as an opener. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes sense you know, realistically for somebody to explain what's going on right yeah. now. And yeah, like I was but... saying outside of the game a little bit is we'll probably have to be a little loose 
with the roleplay to mechanics translation, um, trying to make as smooth a back and forth argument as possible while using specific tactics and checks. So don't be too like worried if your argument doesn't perfectly embody one tactic. We'll have to be a little bit loose. It's the first time. It's fine. Um, just try to have fun. Yeah, I just want to point out, though, is if we're opening with logic, Hersk has a pretty decent knowledge geography, so he's not starting lower. Oh, I Like, yeah, Jessup's the one this. with the lowest in, in logic. Okay. On the chart. So I, I'm not saying that Hersk can't open. I just wanted to point out that... Well, and the person who technically goes first wouldn't pass, like, because you only get the minus two if you succeed or you beat somebody. You only take a penalty if you win an exchange. Like you're the very last person. Oh, if to you're roll. the last person yeah. to actually, you are the win. person oh, okay. who won that exchange. So yeah, I mean it's it's fine. There's no point in um, the first person really has no repercussions then. Yeah. So right, right. So <laughs> take your we want with no repercussions to take a, to take Wait. the lead. <laughs> well, why would we want not want Hearst to roll? He's got a history of minus one. Sarah. He's not doing allegory. He's not oh, doing I'm, history. I'm That's allegory. not allegory. I'm, yeah, I'm logic. Wrong. He's. Shh. He's got a plus 11. That's why I was right. saying. Jessup gets confused by Excel spreadsheets. So, the mayor looks at you and says, that was a very convincing argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just exit the room and we come back in and we're like, oh, hello, we're here. Hello. <laughs> Let's just reset this whole yeah. thing. So we can start with, um, yeah, I mean, I can go with my plus eight if you want. Okay. To start off with lodge or uh, local. You can either start off or you can have her start off. I don't, I don't care. Who wants to go? Team? All yeah, right. let, let Hursk do it. Yeah. Team? Okay. Hursk? Do what? Didn't he say he was going to open with geography? Yeah, with Ooh. logic. Yeah. Well, Let's I think that... It. Right, but I think what Sarah was saying was that he had that Hursk actually has a decent logic right. modifier, so it'd be best to go with something lower and then still have Hursk go on early, but maybe not first. Yeah, because basically what we want to do is uh. bait the NPCs into thinking they can beat us in a round. Because the more times that we go back and forth, the ante gets increased. Then we can potentially win and collect that ante and deteriorate the determination. If we start off stupid high, they might just forsake us, give us an edge, and then not forego, and then they can start their own... So it's like but if we win an argument, don't, doesn't that hurt their determination nonetheless? Winning well, an argument will them, hurt I, their I, determination. I and if you win an argument, you get an edge, a general edge. Uh, we know their determination. Like we know ours. You do not. We don't so know what their is. Isn't it better, if I'm understanding it right, just to open with your strongest? Why would you go the other way? Because, because if, if you if... keep opening with the strongest, you draw out the duel longer and you start taking penalties for winning over and over again. Because if, uh, if we win... If so, say we start off with my highest skill, just to say, and I roll a nat 20 or something ridiculous, and I get a 36. They might just concede, which I think, Jason, if they concede, then that person doesn't get an edge? Or um, something like that? No, I believe you would still get an edge, but uh, they would only take one Right, one so they would only edge. lose one determination, which we don't know what theirs is, and Jessup is going to take a minus two. Do we want to increase the ante? Correct. So we can get it as it's, high. It's like it's like poker. Yes. We want to keep bluffing, and we want them to keep buying like in, poker. and then poker. we all in. You want to increase the ante as much as possible while not losing. 
So if we start low, that's going to entice them to roll better. And then when we know, at least the benefit we have is if we go first, we set the DC, they beat us. We then know what their DC is. And then we can look at, okay, who's got a bonus? Because if we set the DC too high, it might just be impossible. And yeah. then that they did. might just be like, okay, well, I'm not even going to try. Uh, right. I'm, I'm not going to risk increasing the ante to counter that. I'm That's gonna... why, theoretically, we could start with Hersk doing allegory with his knowledge history to minus one. Because then he's basically rolling with a one, and that just sets the bar right off the gate. And then he's already gone. Yeah, um, it's up to you. Okay. So the only difference is allegory special. It's saying it increases the current ante by two. So if you do win an allegory, they won't get an edge. They'll lose two instead of the one determination for like whatever ante you had already started at. Because everything starts at one to risk. So as soon as you make your opening gambit, the ante increases to one. The ante will then increase every time somebody decides to counter. Got you. And then if they don't, it would increase the currency exchange ante by two. Yeah, so if, if they decide not to counter they would take three because they because of that special quality of allegory so that's a, still a pretty strong opening yeah, we so don't maybe know we should what... start with allegory I, I guess i don't it doesn't matter because the lowest is kieran or hersk so i think either of them probably could go i think yeah hersk has a decent allegory story he could use okay sarah you look conflicted so i guess where i'm getting confused is we open with allegory. That doesn't mean that that for that exchange, we all have to roll our allegory, right? No. We choose right. different tactics. Yeah, correct. Right. So right. Wh- why are we starting with allegory? For the benefits that it's giving. Yeah. Yeah, but don't we, we don't care about benefits in the first roll, right? Like we want it to be low. Well, no. So under allegory, it specifically says, if you use allegory in the open of exchange, which this would be, your opponent chooses to end the exchange rather than attempt to counter your allegory increase the exchange ante by two before your opponent's determination is reduced instead of so it's a so it's an easy gambit for where we'll at least get three and if they respond and like hersk opens we know that gideon can you know fold a a very high hand at the end so we start with low 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 we at least get three if they don't choose to fight it if they do choose to fight it gideon can win this but you will not get that benefit if you try to win with allegory it's only it's only if if Hursk wins with well, can't win. They'd have to fold, yeah. right? If, yeah, you're, if fold. your goal is to make them fold, then you'd want your highest allegory. Yeah. That, if, that is if your goal is to make them fold right away. Fold in the very beginning. That's because why otherwise... I don't see the benefit of him having to start with allegory. Like okay. He could start with a lower role in one of the other ones too but if you've got a good allegory otherwise i say go for it it'll go back and forth like one two three it would have to go all the way up to four i'm not sure i don't know how many times it's going to go around an exchange but in my opinion to be able to just get three out of the way doesn't sound like a bad choice either for you to go allegory right from the get-go you mean i i don't yeah or whoever but i mean let's say hearst does and then kieran responds well to to kieran's point if the goal is to make them fold immediately then we would theoretically want our highest allegory person to go just to set the bar high enough that they just say screw it we don't want to bother and then they lose two determination right from the get-go three they would lose three determination yes yeah okay but then gideon would take a minus two for the rest of the duel or allegory or I think it's really yeah, you you would you would take a minus two for all of your skills for the rest of the duel. Yeah. Ah, if you so... if you win an exchange, you in general are less persuasive for the rest of the duel. 
Oh, that's really weird. Okay, so you have to time when you want to win. How much? Give me a, a, a heads up. Like, how much determination do we have? You have ten. 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 So even if they have fifteen, though. Okay. Okay. This is too gamey. I think. <laughs> I think I you're think making it too gamey. I think we're yeah. just getting hung I think up you're, on you're, stuff. You're, so. you're making it too gamey. I don't think it's yeah, that right. bad. All right. So what do you think, Sarah? You seem to be pretty. I think you guys just need to make a decision and roll with it. Rolling. Yeah. yeah, get it rolling. Let's do like, this. Yeah, I would like what to almost doing? lean more heavily on role play. So, like, if you've got a cool role play thing, I say go for it, and we'll just make the skills work, and you know, it'll yeah, be. It'll that's, be that's, that's how I'm feeling. I don't have to go first, though. That said, like, I just have something ready for that. If, so yeah, I don't if you want to do it, basically, I think Jessup can just go straight up logic with my plus eight, just for role play. This is where we're at. This is what's going on. Yeah. Here's present. the layout of the land. There we go. I would yep. say Jessup presents okay. the case and then says. This is Kieran. He's been with me since the beginning. This is Hursk. We just met him. This is Gideon, a former Knight of Vigil who's come down. You know, just kind of sets the stage as opening you, remarks kind you, of thing. Do you want Jessup to do it or do you want to do it then? Yes, no, Jessup. I think Jessup <laughs> no, so, 100% should do it. Since he knows uh, these people too. So, yeah, so uh, so I will roll logic, but, you know, Maya, Tom, Crobert, uh, and uh, the other advisors here... You know, we've traveled through the Fangwood. The Ranger posts have been dismantled by the Anfane Legion. They apparently have attacked and destroyed Fangdaw. And we have found reason to believe with some notes, you know, hostages, well, not hostages, that's probably bad, but we have, you know, captives that uh, saying that Longshadow is in an imminent danger in about 11 days if, you know, we don't do something about this. I could heavily roleplay more, but I'm going to leave more for... Yeah, you'll want to do just kind of bits and pieces as you do it. Yeah, so I just, that's kind of quickly, boom, this is where we're at. So then I will just do a straight D20. D20 and plus 8. Plus 8. Oh, okay, you want me to do it that way? Yeah, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Okay, 13. So not terrible. Do you want to use your edge, or are you going to save that for later? I mean, I don't really feel like there's a reason to start that high. Okay. Is there, guys? I mean, you know. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm not needing to beat anybody, so I don't. I mean, just setting the bar. Okay. Yep. Uh, the um. Solomon Zane will actually step up, and uh, he will say, "Mayor, with all due respect, uh, I understand that this man is of a, an influential figure, and he has been with the Rangers for a long time." I know that there is some weight behind his words, but I believe that he has been retired for a long time, and his his words could be misconstrued by the people if we were to heed his warning and and start making preparations all of a sudden, saying that there's an attack incoming. The people would panic, and I think that would do far more harm than it would do good. Especially assuming that uh, his w- his information might not be valid, and he is going to do an uh, an emotional appeal uh, to try to convince the mayor that the the people will be negative Im- negatively impact if they hear about some attack and it's panicking them and so on. So he will roll his emotional appeal. The special interaction here is that emotional appeal gains a plus two bonus when used to counter logic 
presence or rhetoric. And successfully countering with an emotional appeal increases the ante by an additional one. So the ante was one when you made your exchange. He has chosen to counter. The ante is now two. He will make his roll. That was a total of a 20. Oof. The ante, because he successfully countered, is now three. You can choose to counter. If you do, the ante will immediately become four, and then you roll your check and see if you succeed. And or you can, or you can end. What? What will be the DC? The DC is twenty. He rolled a twenty that set the DC now, so you have to beat his twenty. Okay, I'm seeing how this is coming together. So, who would like to respond to his appeal that? Uh, revealing all this information would just cause a panic amongst the people, essentially. Oh boy, this is so scary. So, looking at it, um... I mean, logic's out of the question. I think... I mean, how do we determine who responds? That's up to you. We just choose as a group. So now it's basically we look through and see how do we want to counter that. Yeah. So our goal figure is out how you to want to counter it. it. If you have a good idea, go ahead and say so I'd like to, counter, to. I'd like to do something, and then go for yeah, it. If we want to counter, Andy goes to four. Yep. Right, and then we roll and need to basically beat a twenty. So we have to get a twenty-one or more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so in this case, I don't think there's anything that really helps counter emotional appeal positively. No, but rhetoric so. is generally a, a safe bet we can use rhetoric so since rhetoric involves subtle word choices that most audience don't notice uh, consciously yes. it's very rare yeah. for an audience to have negative so it's rhetoric, rhetoric is essentially the baseline there's no bonuses there's no penalties it's rare for there to be negative biases it's just like your your static you know fallback don't have to so think rhetoric, too hard when using rhetoric So, I mean, Gideon, you have a rhetoric of 14 if you wanted to try to counter that. Um, So you got to roll a 7 or higher. And keep in mind, you have edges if you need to use them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Take a plus 2 on. You can take a plus 2 on wit. If you fail, it has penalties. It can be dangerous to do that. Uh, I think think I've got something I can do for rhetoric. Okay. 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 Well, do we want to what do you, yeah, give us your idea before we confirm or deny. I would say, I would say, because this is a group discussion and you're not discussing things in real time, if you yeah. have something you want to do, say so, and go for it. Rather than saying I want to say this and discussing okay. it, just be like I would like to take this one and go. I, for I'd it. like to take this one. I think I have a response. Okay. Okay. Um, he'll introduce himself to the court. I am Gideon Everstand. A servant of Malani, holistically dedicated to her will. I am not Nirmathi, but I fight for your cause. You might not know Malani's holy tenets or her teachings in the light of hope, but I can assure you. She, and I, by extension, are devoted first to freedom. Despite being an outsider, I am an ally committed to Nirmathi's way of life. I have promised my shield to your cause. But I must ask for your cooperation now. Please hear my plea. Okay. Do not abandon hope. 
We must stand together strong to defend your Marthas. One must know their strengths and faults, take advantage of their strengths, compensate for their faults, and push past despair and weakness to achieve victory. Even if there is a panic to start, the Nirmathi are strong and will push through. That's his okay. argument. Roll what your... Was that? Rhetoric. D20 plus 14. Okay. I'm just going to type that because I don't have okay. that yeah. anywhere. That's fine. That's the easiest way to do it, I think. Plus 14. And we're hoping for 20 or higher. Yep. Well, you're looking higher. for a 21 or higher. Ooh. Oh. So that's where we're going to so that is a edge. That is a natural edge. 2 for a 16. You can so an roll edge. an edge. Yeah, I'll roll an edge. So okay. we, can, you you can only... we have 5 edges, I believe? Yes. 6. You have 5 general edges, and then a bunch of you five. have specific gotcha. ones. So one of your general edges you can use. Yeah. And if we win it's... the exchange feasibly, then we gain that edge back. If you win, yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's pretty useful. All right. Here we go. Okay. Oh my gosh. You How can do it possible? again. You can keep rolling edges until you win. We... Do we get them all? We don't get them all back. Do you we? don't get them all get back. One. You get one edge if you win an exchange. So that... I mean, I mean... You have to. The ante's four. Yeah. The ante is four. That's almost half. That's almost half of our determination. Yeah. Somebody else you guys succeeded. You guys succeeded no, you, in your you poker plan. You wanted to do it, dude. You <laughs> You succeeded in your poker plan of making the ante high. Now you have to do the second <laughs> half of not... No way. Oh, oh, what God. is going on? on? Okay, for those listening, he rolled a natural two, followed by a natural two, followed by a natural one. Josh, you are killing us right now. I would like to point out, I rolled a natural two on my check, so we've just all been rolling really low in general. So I feel like, like... <laughs> you have to, man. Like, four determinations going to be gone if you don't make the check, so you yeah. have to use another one. I'm sorry, guys. Wait, how, not... how are we already at two... Because he, he oh, had five, and he rolled I'm three sorry. times. If, if you re-roll yeah. it now, you'll have two left. Oh, yes. right, right, right. If we re-roll okay. it now, right. Because we should have three until he rolls. Yes. Well, you have one, one was the initial roll, yep. then two for then one for a re-roll, one for yep. a re-roll. Yep, so we you have five. three, but if you re-roll it again, three. you'll have two left. Right. You but have you have to. You're going to have to re-roll, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Come on, man. This is phenomenal. <laughs> Oh my gosh, are you serious? We're going to use all our edges on the it's first a natural edge. five for a 19. You have one general edge. Uh, no, you have two. Two. Two general edges. Yes, you have rerolled three three times. You have two general <laughs> edges left. It's unbelievable. That was a natural five. I mean, I don't he know, has like, to, right? Like, he has to. Like Statistically speaking, one of those should have been a success. I don't I don't normally get upset about dice. This is not what I, the I know you're of... upset. I, I'm kind of livid. I thought roll. this was going to be an easy check because it's a 20. But... Right. And he yeah. has a plus 14. Plus yeah. 14. Yeah, this isn't... You, have, right, you just, just have to roll a 7. Roll it one more time. Makes me want to throw up. I know, and right? I hate that. Okay. Okay. So All you right. have one general edge remaining. One general Dude, edge. We, if, if we win this, we'll get one back. If you win, you'll get one back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you make That's your appeal. Really insane. You make your appeal. Oh boy. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> now Hearst wants to come in with mockery. Let's do this. 
Hersk is just gonna bust him with his bow. I got. I got to be honest. That did not go how I thought it would. I don't I think thought, it did. I also thought either. that was a pretty like nope. well structured I mean... response, and as far as role play goes, coupled with yeah, I mean, so... I needed to roll a seven. I needed yep. to roll a seven. Yep. Well, let's see what they do. So, Garrett Greygallo will step up, and he will look to the uh, the mayor and say, "Mayor, we don't know this gentleman. He says that he's on our side, but um, uh, forgive me if I'm mistaken, but we have not established that we have a need of sides quite yet. Uh, he seems to be jumping the gun there. I don't know what their motive is here, but something about it seems rather suspicious to me. Uh, I mean, no offense, of course. And he will try... Uh, I'm going to try... I think this is the right one. Yeah. Red herring. He's going to try a red herring to yeah. de-escalate and then be able to start the next exchange. Yeah. Next exchange. <laughs> She <laughs> sounds like a cat. So nervous. Okay, so he is going to do the plus four on the associated skill check. If he succeeds, instead of continuing and escalating the exchange as normal, he will reduce the ante to zero and automatically win the exchange. Unlike normal, he will start the next exchange. So there will be no damage dealt. He will still get that edge for winning the exchange, and he'll start off. So he's trying to basically get out of this without taking damage. Yeah, he realizes that this might be a legitimate critique. So you go, okay, okay, okay. This The system's coming together a little bit. So he's going to roll. roll. I think I think his chances of beating this DC, DC are identical to your chances of beating that DC. No. Please tell me a natural one. No, no, it's going to be stupid high. It's going to be like 32. He rolls and gets a 33. Holy oh. bonkers. <laughs> and the mayor the mayor kind of nods and he says, Um, yes, uh I appreciate your concern, uh fine fine knight. Um I, I think we perhaps need to set the groundwork here and, and agree on on uh, this uh battle you seem to be uh, expecting before we start assuming sides. Um and uh that will reduce the ante to zero, so you don't take any damage. But you have lost those edges. And they yeah, gain which, one which was, They gain now an edge. Yeah, which was quite a So clock. we're at square, yeah, square we're one. We're square one, and, and they're starting edges, this and they're up one. And they're starting this one. So... I mean, we had to, otherwise we would have lost four, guys. I mean, Yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally yeah. stand by yeah. it. No, stand and, by. I, and, just, and I stand by my decision. I don't think yeah. it was the wrong gamble. I mean, you what know, do you do? You don't you don't you don't no. fold when you've got you know yeah. four to a flush with yeah. you know thirty percent odds like that's just, just the person sitting behind the rolled twenty desk that's like huh huh I'm gonna make these guys really mad and I'm just gonna push. <laughs> I gotta them. be honest though, I am having an absolute blast. This has almost got more tension than combat. Like, I know, this right? Is, uh, <laughs> um, like, so I I went through. I decreased all of Garrett's stats by two because he won that exchange, so he takes the penalty on everything. Right. So he's not yes. well he could still hit a 33 he's probably not going to hit another 33 he rolled fairly high on that one that was also a ridiculous string of what that was kidding? poor luck yeah so opening the next exchange 
Um, I think we're going to go with uh, Solomon Zane again, and he's going to start off with Allegory. And uh, he is going to sort of say, uh, may, uh, Might I remind you of a story that we often like to tell? Long Shadow has weathered its fair share of attacks, and uh, have you heard the story of the, the boy who cried ogre? It's a popular one. It uh, started to circulate after that ogre attack 15 years ago. Basically, it uh, talks about a boy who's going around town saying that there's an ogre attack when, in reality, there is no ogre attack. Town folks get all riled up. They prepare themselves for battle. They sally out, and they find that there's nothing there. And, uh, well... Let me just say, I feel like that we might be in a similar situation. At the very least, I think that we can glean some insight from that story. And uh, perhaps we should take some time to verify any claims before we commit to these uh, these uh, requests. And he will roll an allegory. Uh, da, 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 da. There's no bonuses or penalties to that. Okay, that... Uh, is a daunting 12 to the DC. So he now passes it over to you. You can end the exchange right now, or you can counter. If you counter, the ante goes to two, and you have to beat a DC 12. Can you beat a DC 12? I have something I could do for rhetoric. Is that a bad thing to do with allegory? No. Uh, logic would be a good thing if you could do it. We'll get an interaction. Uh, well, we're not opening it. Um, uh, logic but it would give you neither bonuses penalty. nor penalties. But if you win an exchange with logic, you'll gain one edge. I mean, I, logic is my highest one, so I I can pull that out now if if we want to. But this they is get... probably the only one that Hersk will be able to win. Yep. Well, like I said, DC twelve. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Go for it, Hersk. You, have, Hersk you just have to hit a 13. Of 11, so yeah, so you have to roll a 2. I could do her better. Two yeah. or so, three, two so roll, roll play, then roll. So, like, what is your your response? Yeah, so knowledge geography on the response here is what you're looking for? Yes. Okay. Go ahead and so, respond Hersk, to his uh, tale of the ogres. Hersk will say... Uh, your honorable mayor, I'm, why am I doing the southern? See, now you got me in the southern, <laughs> and you're all of a sudden is mocking It's just him. so easy. <laughs> it's, I have it such a smooth <laughs> tongue. Let's right into it. Anyway, um, uh, your honorable mayor, I was so in the uh, from the area, and I, I know most of the area, and I remember that ogre attack, and... Uh, you know, while Long Shadow's currently not suffering, I, I am from the area, and several of the towns surrounding this area have been raided recently, and people have been killed, and they will look to Long Shadow for leadership. Uh, you know, all throughout the Hollow Hills, there are several groups and factions of people that are going to rally to Long Shadow for defense against the, the Iron Fang Legion. Uh, so while you might think we're crying wolf, the evidence surrounding the hollow hills says quite different <laughs> i want so hard to have solomon um respond you said wolf <laughs> yeah i want him so hard to counter be like good sir i would ask that you do not misrepresent it's my so point i was crying ogre not wolf ogre, not wolf so, i wanted so bad but, ogre. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. can do that and it's not a legitimate response you just that's the banter there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah so go ahead and uh, roll your check 
1d20 plus 11, right? Yes, you have a plus 11. Okay, so we shouldn't... No, we can fail. Shh, you we can! can. Don't, just don't talk, Josh. You can. Don't jinx us. Oh, okay. There we go! A 26. Not bad. Not bad. Definitely beats a 12. So All right, Hurst out. You say this, and the mayor kind of nods, and he says, Yes, well, we have heard some reports. Uh, that is true. Uh, what do you have to say for that? He looks to his advisors. And so you responded with logic. Uh, what would be a good one to respond to logic? Logic? Nothing. Logic could, is the end all be all. I could just do emotional appeal again. And that is his highest one. And he does have an edge now. And he would get a plus two bonus against us. Yeah. So... Solomon Zane is actually going to respond right back to you with an emotional appeal again, and he's going to be like, Mayor, he makes a very fine point. There are plenty of people among the Hollow Hills that do look for us to, for defense, but uh, we also have to look at the defense of our own people. We can't just have our militia be sallying out to the various towns throughout the area and risk leaving ourselves undefended and the people here undefended. They rely on us for defense just as much as the other members of the Hollow Hills rely on us. And he will attempt to counter you. So the ante, uh, you made it to, it's his. He's increasing the ante to three and trying to counter. Gets a plus two. Come on. Okay. Come on. He rolls a... Goodness. He's got a high bonus. Boy. That with the plus two for countering logic without uh, emotional appeal, he gets a twenty nine. <laughs> oh boy, we're doing so well. <laughs> like we would all need to be face characters. There's like three face characters we're going up against, and we have like one and a half. Um. Yeah. So I'll just a little bit behind the scenes. Uh. They only have a single skill at plus 16, which is the one he just rolled. Um, that is the only skill they have that high. Uh, their lowest skill is a now a zero. So it they ranges, a... just like yours does. On average, you actually have higher skills, but that is their So it's one of those things where... Ones. Well. So couple options you could also try to red herring to reduce this one and you'd get another edge back if you win you get a plus four for trying to do so or you can try to counter it legitimately and if you beat that dc they will struggle so what's if we counter it goes to what four thirty if you choose to counter the ante will increase to four if you choose to concede you will take three damage to your determination, but all of his bonuses will decrease by two, so you, he, he'll he have a lower uh, stats all around. But also remember that successfully countering with an emotional appeal increases the ex exchange's ante by an additional one, so if we concede, we'll take that fuller damage. Uh, yes, successfully countering with an emotional appeal increases by one, so it's, the ante is currently four. It will become five. If we concede. Yes. Oh no! If you if you concede, it's four. If you counter, it'll be five. Ah, right. So it's up to you. 
Oh, but boy. If I am reading this correctly, if we were to counter that with red herring, like if Jessup counted that with red herring, he'd have yes. a plus 20 to his roll. He can choose to take a plus 20 with the hopes of ending the exchange, taking no damage, winning. You'll get an edge. And we go back to and another fight. And you start the next one. But yeah, we got takes a minus two then, so now you my would, highest you would take a minus two. You would take a minus two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not great. <laughs> well, Jessup wouldn't take the minus two. Kieran would, right? No, Jessup would, because Je- he's the if one. If Jessup's the one winning, it would be him. I was saying Jessup is rolling this. Kieran doesn't, Kieran can't counter this. I, don't, I would have to roll really high, and I can't. So okay. either I have to concede, or Jessup or has right to... Reset it. Yeah, yeah. Try to reset it in the right. or go gangbusters. And, try and to you'd roll a, what above a fifteen is the best choice you have. Um, he so twenty nine. Uh, so he has Jessup's. You've you, uh, amongst you. You've got a couple plus sixteens. So you'd have to roll a, I'd roll a fourteen, 11. at least. I think, I mean, all we're risking by him doing that is what, a an extra right? plus one. The DC the is currently 29. Oh, you're right. I don't know why I was thinking. Oh, because Kira was talking about the 20. So you have to get a 30 or higher to either counter or end the exchange. We're not just herring. risking a plus one, Justin. If we red herring and win, we don't take any damage. No, that's what I'm saying. So, like, we have the benefit of possibly not taking any damage or the risk of losing, and we take one additional to the four. So we take five total. Right, so you're lose. saying red herring is what we have to do here. Yeah, because, I mean, we're only risking one additional right. determination. We don't, we don't, we don't counter and keep trying to pick and again, the exchange. And again, if you win, no. you'll get an edge back. Right. So, right. I agree with that. So you have to think of something unrelated to argue. Red herring. What is the last thing he said? Oh, we don't have an obligation to all the people. Well, no, he said, he said he's right. We have an obligation, but we also have an obligation here. We cannot spread our forces too thin and leave ourselves undefended, the people who rely on us on town. That's basically his argument. He's thinking about this town specifically. Okay. Gotcha. Even though Hearst's argument wasn't that he marched the army out, it was that people are going to come to the town. Yeah, like I said, you got it. It's a little loose. <laughs> actually, red hairy, hairy. Yeah, a little, a little loose. bit. Yeah, yeah. You got to be a little loose. It's hard to make it one to one, but. Gideon has left the debate. Is that what you guys are wanting me to do? Just to roll a red herring? I, I mean, unless you think you can counter. It's up to you. If you roll a red herring and get that plus four, you only have to roll a ten. So, fifty. 50. I mean, so, I don't know. It's up to you guys. No, it's up to you. You're going. You make the decision. It's your call. It's your call. Nope, it doesn't have to be you, but no, it doesn't. I just, I just will definitely not win with my bonuses. Right, Most like Hearst and Kieran are pretty much out of this one. I mean, yeah. so I guess my thoughts, just to throw it out there before I decide, because I guess it's stuck on me anyway, is we could do the red herring, fine. Plus four makes it a little bit easier for DC to potentially beat. We get an edge. Downside, Jessup's max goes down. Jason, you know, graciously told us that their max is a 16 with one so skill. at some point right with one skill so it's i don't know it's almost like yeah i think we need to counter but it's you know do we sure. risk for the gusto we also cause... only have 10 health so realistically we can lose three arguments before we're dead so 
we have to think that about it in those terms a little bit as well. So I say if we have the opportunity to negate damage... It's just we, we just... have to be a little safer, I think, just because, unfortunately, we blew through so many of our... <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 We've got to play it safe. We've got to... All right. Okay. We didn't win that exchange. Let's try to anti-higher. Let's try to set a higher DC on the next one against them. Okay. And what are so we're sitting at just to recap, we're sitting at one general edge. Yes. Aaron has one edge for diplomacy. Yes. And Jessup has four edges for four different no. knowledges. He has no, two knowledges. Two. Okay. And so Gideon an also on has one rules. knowledge. He has a knowledge on he has an edge on allegory for knowledge religion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Listen, and I believe in uh I believe in Jessup. I think two, he's got this. Two for what? This. I don't know, counter. Do it. I believe in you. Hey, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the gusto, too. Yeah, I believe in Jessup. And I won't feel bad if you don't. Sarah? That's up to you. I'm just... I think this is fun, and I want you to have fun, so do what you... Do yep. what your heart oh, tells you to that's do. That's hard, because Brandon has fun I'm having wins, fun. but I just, just feel don't like... know that until the end. I yeah. feel like there's something very interesting happening here. I really am thinking about okay. the language and the choice, and I feel like it's slowing down time like you would in an actual argument just try to like quickly formulate your thought and so i guess respond, say, uh, so. uh so let me just look through some of the ones that i have a 16 on so i can't I say six seconds is the best way to think about it though like he's just said something you can't stand there forever yeah but okay. i gotta see what all the specials do i don't yeah i don't have that's memorized true. what they all do that's true you didn't memorize the verbal duels i'm you, sorry you I'm knew you'd be our ringer yeah, like, the, for your 16s, the, the important ones are if you counter with baiting, almost everything takes a penalty against baiting except for presence. Um, you can't open with baiting, though. Well, the only thing I was debating to use baiting is because then my baiting wouldn't suffer the normal minus two penalty for future associated checks for winning the exchange. So if I win, if I wouldn't go get that a minus way. two moving forward. If you want to go that way. You do still have a, gen- a general edge. And then presence... Well, I don't think, because he did, um, what was it, Jason, emotional appeal? Cause nothing emotional, counters emotional yes. appeal. He did an emotional appeal. There's nothing that specifically counters, counters that. Presence regains his HP, basically. Red Herring is the one that we said they countered. And then Wit is... Oh, when using Wit, you can choose to gain a plus two bonus. If you do so and fail the associated check, decrease your determined... Okay, so you're sacrificing yeah. potentially one health so you, you get So you get a plus two, but if you fail, bad stuff happens. Okay. Like extra bad stuff happens. Screw it. Whatever. Uh, Jess going to go for baiting. Okay. Oh. So okay. all right. He, who, Plus who sixteen to this. Was that Solomon? Uh, yeah, Solomon last? Zane made that. Uh, so made that argument. Jess will look at uh, Solomon. Be like, do you really want to uh, risk you potentially uh, having the whole city crumble just because you don't want to help protect others, but you'd rather protect yourself? That's a good bait. That's well, a good bait. that's a good bait. That's that's actually like the you did it. <laughs> well, we'll can roll see. your check. Oh, wow! Oh, oh, yes! yes! Wow! That's what I'm talking about. We believe in Jessup in this household. Wow! Let's <laughs> get oh, here. Well so done. Take, no, I'm not gonna. <sighs> well done. Yeah. Um, that was a 30. And look at that, the gusto, the gumption. I was yeah. like, hmm, chef. Don't play it, don't play it, don't play it, I said, that, it was, cool, that was some 
good soup. That was a fantastic, uh, like, role I mean, play I just beat rebuttal, it, too. Yeah, yeah, you just beat it. <laughs> I feel like, um, hey, that's what it is. You, yeah. you see, uh, so you have just increased the ante to five? Five. Five. You see that the, the mayor is there, and he, he lets out a very telling, hmm, like a, <laughs> just like a thought. And uh, you can see that the the cleric there is, he kind of takes a step back. He says, uh, my apologies, I did not mean to make the impression that I was only caring for myself. I'm looking after the people of this here town. I, I don't want you to think that I'm only looking after myself. I, I do care for the people out there, by all means. I, my apologies. And he's going to concede he's not going to try to... Beta. Roll Three. presents, roll presents, roll presents. Oh, word. So they've lost four no, HP. Right? I'm goading him on. They've lost It's fun. They lost, <laughs> yes. So they, they lose that the ante from their determination, and you get another edge back because you won yeah. that exchange. And that's, so a, now at, oh, that's a community edge, right? Um, Let me just see. Winning. Additionally, if your opponent ends an exchange rather than counter your baiting, your baiting doesn't suffer the normal minus two penalty. Right. So my, I don't know if it's specific to baiting or none of my checks get a minus two now. So, so those general rules are kind of hmm. under the regular, yeah. uh, the regular verbal duels, which is one to one. With a team battle, I'm going to change it so none of yours take the minus two. So okay. rather than you taking a minus two on that skill. It's the character does not take the minus two. So you're good. So, like, best possible outcome there. Yeah, so yes. that was, like, a perfect So no outcome. negative, got an edge back, and knacked him for four HP. Oh, yeah, hey. I want good to say... Good call, Justin. Way to go, Brandon. Well done, Herskin, Jessup. I'm trying to search for it. I want to say if you win the exchange, you get a general edge. Rather than... Because logic specifically says that if you win with logic, you get an edge yeah. specifically for logic. So I think yeah. if you win an exchange in general, you get a general edge. So you now have two general edges, and okay. you have decreased their determination. Uh, and they will now have the chance to counter because they lost that exchange. So no, they, no, they give up. Yes, they give they, up. they'll open the next exchange. So at least they have five HP, we know that. Yep. Yep. So uh, What's he a cleric of, by the way? Abadar? Abadar, yes. So... Oh. Question to throw that out there. Um, what happens if can you go? Can you anti more than your current determination? Oh yeah. Okay. That's like super ballsy, but right. But you can do it. You can try. Right, but if you had like if you had like one HP left, I mean, if you, you have no well. reason not to. Yeah. You might as well. Yeah. Go. It's like, hey, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose gloriously. Nope. Um. We're yeah. kicked out of town. We're kicked out of Long Shadow. <laughs> I've been kicked out of my own house. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Seneca Voldstadt will actually open this next exchange. And uh, she will... Uh, let me just figure out which one she's going to start with. Okay. He says, Mayor, I think there's good points being given on both sides here. I, My argument is simply one for time seems rather sudden and abrupt that they've come with this dire circumstances that saying that we have only so much time and i i would just like for us to spend a, a day or two some some time just verifying things making sure that everything is on the up and up 
I'm not trying to d besmirch their character, but just verifying that what they say is true, that the information they have has not been misleading them in any way. Just time to come to a good conclusion with informed decisions. And she will roll logic to open this exchange. So, opening the exchange with logic gives her a plus two. So the starting DC will be... That's a good starting DC. Cat, if you knock over my monitor, I swear... That's right, okay. Sorry about that. Starting DC will be... 24. The ante is one. The ball is in your court. You can either attempt to counter, increase the ante to two, and if you fail, you take two damage. Or you can concede, take one damage, and then you get to start right away. And we give her a minus two. You give her a minus two, and she gets an edge. What is it that she opened she with the She would get two edges, correct? What was the DC? Well, she, would she would get, get two a edges. Edge to logic she would and then yes. make it one general edge. Yeah. So she used logic to open. She got a 24. So the DC is 24. You have to get a 25 or higher. And if you concede, you'll take one damage. She will take a minus two on all of her checks. And she will gain edges. But you'll only take one determination damage, and you'll get to start right away. You get to open the next encounter. The but next then we exchange. can open. We can you open. can open. We, yeah. we should do theirs and do the emotional appeal, because then we get a plus two bonus to counter logic. You could do that. They've done that to us. It's up and to you. Increase the ante. It's if them. you want to risk increasing the ante. If they can counter it, then it's back to you, and you're having to hit a big, a high DC. What's or the DC you can now? the DC 24. right now is twenty four. So if you get something and they're somehow able to beat it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big one. Yeah, but Aaron, we'll get you a have plus. A good logic, right? You have a good logic one, right? No, we want to counter logic. We want sense motive oh. or not sense motive, emotional yeah, deal. They used logic. You want to counter it? With yeah. Something. So uh, no. What did? What was the gist of their argument? So she oh, was basically making an time. appeal for time. She's like, they're coming in with a lot of information. I want to just take a couple days, verify this, make sure that what they're saying is true, make sure that they're not being misled by the information they've found, figure things out, make an informed decision okay. when we know what's going on. That's what I wrote. Appeal to timing or appropriateness of something. Pretty much. Okay. Okay. I mean, a good emotional appeal would be that you know, we, we don't, don't have time to wait around. Yeah, people, yeah, people are going to die. Gonna I, yeah. Who I, wants yeah, to? I say that, anybody want to go for it? Trying yeah, to pull I, up the chart again. Yeah, whoever wants to. I'm, I mean, that's the stance Gideon would have. Yeah. Gideon or Jessup, I guess, if we do it. I don't want to be responsible. Sir, what's your thoughts? I think it makes more sense for Jessup to do it. Yeah, go for it. We do have two uh, edges. So. Yep. Go and, for it, uh, Jessup. Jessup, you're not taking the penalties. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I wanted really hard to put minus twos on everything, but. <laughs> well, I guess that's that's the big thing. Yeah. So. And that's the thing. You can't be too scared to take a penalty. Winning is yeah. more important than taking a penalty. I think mm -hmm. so too. You've got to go. We've got to get. We got to wear their determination down. Because then they'll will. You'd have a plus 18 if you countered with emotional appeal, correct? Correct. Yes. Oh, just do that. Just go. Yeah. So he would have I mean, to roll a 7. We have two seven. edges. So I I mean, yeah, have to roll so a 7. Will heal emotional appeal. Okay. And, and he becomes um, 2. 
Yep. If I had to guess, they probably have six to eight determination. That yeah. would be my guess. So, just full emotional appeal and, uh, like, I completely uh, understand that uh, you want to take some time to kind of think things through. I understand that this is a lot to come at you, especially when, just this morning, your biggest concerns were about a well. And here I am telling you that it could be the uh, end of Long Shadow and all the people within it. But you have to deep down and know that uh, we have had struggles and struggles and struggles all of our life. You know, the bounty just keep coming up. She says, Mayor, he makes a good point about the well. We really do need to revisit <laughs> the well. <laughs> wow. Oh, Boom! natural 20! And there it goes two of Jessup's points. <laughs> so... They might still attempt to counter, because they don't... No. Can they beat that? I don't think they could beat that if they're highest to 16. Like, I don't think they're going to attempt to counter. They can't. Yeah. I don't think they're going to attempt to counter They would that. have to, because the one guy would have to counter with a red herring, assuming that that's his highest skill at a 16 to make it a 20. He would have to roll a 19 or a 20. Yeah. Yeah, so she will nod in your direction and be like, I, I completely understand. It's, She's it, on it our is, side now. It is very important. <laughs> I, I do understand. I, I was simply hoping for uh, a chance to make sure everything was on the up and up. I mean, no disrespect. And uh, she will concede. Uh, they'll take two damage. And they will So we start get another general one. edge. And we do get another edge. Uh, Joseph's stuff will go down by two. Yeah, let me, let me decrease all them numbers. Are you going to send us a new screenshot, or are we just going to have to remember it? No, I'm just going to decrease the numbers of my own. If, do you want me to send another screenshot? <laughs> no, I mean, if it says 16, that's what I'm going to roll. <laughs> well, it says a different number on mine, so I'll tell you what number it is. That's okay. I'll just write minus two on my thing here, so I okay. remember to... So now we get to open? Uh, right. No, because no. you won the exchange. Oh, we won the exchange. They have to oh. open again. So they're opening again because they lost. That's okay. right, because they, they were able to do it because they did... Um, Red herring. It allowed them to, I think. So, Garrett Greygallow will step up, and he will uh, make a uh, an attempt here. He'll say, "Mayor, I would like to point out one thing. Um, if this uh, incoming attack is real and is so pressing." I would like to remind you that, I mean, you know this, of course, you're an adventurer, you've been out in the world, but Longshadow is by far the most defensible location here in Nirmathas. We have a wall for a reason. I understand that the communities out in the Hollow Hills are struggling, and I don't mean this to be harsh, but that is not anything new. We get attacked by Malthoon on a yearly basis. And if a big attack is coming, I think our walls will do us just fine. We have plenty of defenses to hold off any sort of siege. We've done it before. And that is kind of my attempt to do a wit. So he will roll. There's no, not really anything going on opening in exchange with this. So that is a 20. So, DC 20, he opened with wit, essentially arguing that even if there is an attack incoming, 
they have walls. The walls have served them well in the past on multiple sieges. And that essentially the Hollow Hills is attacked all the time. It's not necessarily new that it's people are getting attacked now. Like, like he said, he doesn't want to be harsh, but it's this has happened before, is his argument. Did he use a plus two bonus or anything like that for wit or anything? Or? Uh, no, I have it hard, hard coded in actually, because he won that one exchange, so the minus two is countering the plus two, so it's just his normal modifier. Um, and I don't think wit gives him any bonus when he opens. And uh, I, the special doesn't make any sense if it's used as if the you, opener. I'm going to open it and give myself a plus two. Cause I'm going to open and give myself a plus two because there is no DC to fail against. So I don't think that applies when it's uh, used to open. So just a flat DC 20. Uh, anybody want uh, have any takers? I mean, if nobody wants to, I think I have a response for rhetoric. Go for it. Go okay. for it. Okay. Do it. Um, uh, I recognize your confidence in your walls, but like I said before, even if we cannot abandon hope, we must honestly assess our strengths and our faults, and Long Shadow is in need of great bolstering if it is to defend against another attack, especially against the size of force of the Legion. And uh, I'll roll rhetoric. Okay. Roll your check. You have to get a 21 or higher. Yeah, who knows? Um, that's going to be... I haven't won one yet. Yeah, you so have a good track good. record in these duels so gonna... far. <laughs> so you still get a 14. Yeah. So I can roll a, a 14 still. Uh, yeah. Um, right, still. You um, only have two edges yeah. this time, right? <laughs> so... Yeah. You have three total edges. Oh, okay. We've three got three. Now. You have three so... now. Yeah. Oh, we'll be fine then. We'll live forever. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. 24. Okay. Yeah, so we that'll do it. Yeah. Uh I think I think Seneca will come up with this one. And uh, can you side. resummarize your your point there? Yeah, uh the rhetoric was hope, strength and weaknesses. Uh basically saying I I recognize your confidence, but we have to be honest about how we assess the strength of these walls and if we're to defend against another attack, they need bolstered. We need to lobby an actual defense. Seneca will step up and she'll say, uh, "Good sir knight, I, 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 I think I agree with you. I, I think that Longshadow could use some bolstering, um, but you and your companions—they look rather impressive, I might say. I'm sure that if an attack were to come, the four of you could lead a marvelous counterattack. Could you not?" And she will try to counter with flattery. Dudes. I like this. This is so fun. Just a fold. He loves flattery. <laughs> so she's going to roll a flattery. Uh, the Bail. DC is 24. 25. 20. Yes. Yes, 25. So she rolls. So the ante is now three because she yes. counters. So the ante yep. is now three. She rolls a 26. Ah, she successfully my. counters you Gosh. with flattery. Um, and flattery. Uh, also, let me just check. Rhetoric gives no associated bonuses. Yeah, flattery. Rhetoric, yeah, flattery. The special things for flattery are: 
If you win an exchange with flattery, reduce the ante of the exchange by two and gain an edge that can be used with any skill in the verbal duel. So if you concede, you'll only take one damage, but she'll get a two general edges, technically. A general edge for winning the duel and a general edge for winning with flattery. But you don't stand to, you don't, you don't lose a whole lot if, if, if she wins with this. Right, and we also get to open. And you get to open. Right, and we still have 10 determination. I don't know how much they have, but... Yeah, so I was, we're, I was... we're saying that we would concede? I'm, no, no I'm, I'm saying that's what will happen if you choose to concede. Yeah, but well, I'm asking everybody else, is that what they're leaning towards? Well, even if we roll and lose... Um... I think it's just a difference of us losing three hit points as opposed to two. <laughs> I have 50 determination. I can, because I could try to counter with logic because flattery wasn't one of the things that you take a minus to. I have a plus 14. Trying to hit a DC 27. And if we win, we only take one damage. Uh, If you lose, you only take one damage. That's what I mean. If you win, you don't take any damage. I misspoke. That would make winning very counterintuitive. But if we lose, it's not that bad. Right, we don't keep fighting. Do your logic, Kieran. Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay, so her argument was that we're good soldiers, so we can handle it if they're yeah. attacked. The four of you right. are super impressive. You'd be able to lead a counterattack with no no issue, basically. Okay, Wait, All right. I should so- have to ask. Where is Titan? With us. <laughs> uh, he's intimidating them in the room. <laughs> he is. He's guarding uh, the hot problem. You notice yeah. that the mayor has actually been looking at the bug the whole time. He's not even paying attention. See, the verbal duel is over, and the mayor's like, were you guys talking about something? <laughs> yeah, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> I assume we've come to a decision. <laughs> so go ahead. Right. Kieran will step up, and he'll say, uh, I come from a, a soldier's background. I spent several years in the military. Um, I also know quite a bit about hobgoblins. They are extremely cunning, extremely militaristic, and extremely bloodthirsty. This area is very lucrative to them. The port provides access to the Meredith River up and down. As a soldier, we were always trained you never go into battle alone. And while the four of us may be good fighters, it's going to take more than the four of us to fight against an army. We're going to need every able-bodied person to fight alongside us. Otherwise, we have no hope. We alone can't do this. You have to get a 27 or higher. You got three, but I think if you win this, I think we might have won. I feel that my bones. Alright. I've right. got some edges. Failed on the 22. Use an edge. I say okay. use an edge. We, we push our luck a little. You've got and then three. I would, yeah, and then after that, I'd say... Oh my gosh. Okay. So I rolled a 22 one. and then a 23. You have to get a 27. Or we could just take the damage. It's fine, too, depending on how precious you think anti versus I like determination is. One more. Well, if they take, I, I we should, take, if we take the damage, they'll get two edges. That's yeah, actually... I think we should try try one more. Why sure. not? Let's see how it goes. Left. Let's see what happens. Roll big, Kieran. Okay. Come on, Kieran. There you go. Okay. There you go. You have you have one general edge remaining. Yep. Okay. So the ante is now four, and it is back on their side. And red herring us again. 
Uh, actually, could. the priest is going to step up and he's going to try. Good, I've got something. For he's going to try his hail mary. It's not really a hail mary. I don't think that applies here. Mockery? No, he's going to <laughs> step oh, you up. You look dumb. Haha. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> you smell like butt. <laughs> Karen's like, I'm sorry. I haven't showered in a few days. He's going I, to step Karen. up and, and he will say, Mayor, I want to bring up another point that hasn't quite been discussed yet, and that is the cost of this whole endeavor. Uh, oh, it sounds like they are requesting a whole lot of renovations, both to the walls and to our military force in general. And I understand that these uh, hobgoblin savages are a terrible, awful, scum-of-the-earth type of people. I get that. But we can't just empty our coffers building up the town's defenses for an attack that might not be as bad as they make it off to be. Or that we could have weathered as it was. If we go through all of our funds, then, well, that's going to put us on the back foot for years to come. We're still a growing economy here now that the adventures have come back some years ago. I don't know if we can afford all of this. And what I'm going for is, like, an emotional appeal, but I, I don't know. That's not really an emotional appeal. Hey, like I said, you gotta be kind of loose. It's hard to... He's making an emotional appeal that, again, putting all like the money out there is gonna put... Yeah, he's trying to counter logic yeah, with pretty logic. pretty much logic. I think no, it's logic. The future of the town is at stake by costing all this money. And who Who's one... Who, who appeals to emotion for money? Money is pragmatic. It is logic. Dude, he's yeah. from Abadar. Money is the most emotional thing. I... I I mean, Jason, I'm not going to make you redo your choice, but I'm just going to quietly disagree with you out loud. <laughs> well, no, like, I, I chose emotional appeal at first, and that, I just, this is how our roleplay is, so. Well, we openly disagree with your first four rolls, Josh. I know, I'm aware. I, I, su I suffered the consequence. So. <laughs> Roll terrible. Oh, and of course oh it's true that for a cleric of Abadar, oh. this is an appeal to emotion. Oh my, he failed? No, that is a oh. good roll. Oh my goodness. That God. is an exceedingly good roll. Like I yeah. said, we're gonna this session's gonna last until like two in the morning because right. I feel like we're not getting anywhere. That is good a, thing I have a half day tomorrow. That is a thirty-three. Uh, oof. Oh well it is impossible for me to counter, but I really want to bait him. <laughs> the ante is currently five. Just walk Yikes. away. Let's just leave. What's it what's it to us? Like can, why, why do you we can concede? and uh, take that damage, and you'll Five start damage. the next. Mm. You'll start the next one, if you do so. If you try to counter, the ante goes to six, and you have to beat a 33. Because can any of us beat a 33? I say we go red herring. We go red herring and hope for a 13. Red herring? Yeah. 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 Uh, if you go for a red herring, the best person for that would be Jessup. He could get a plus 18 total. Well, minus two, right? I've already no, added all those. Oh, yeah. I'd so have to roll a 15 or higher. Yeah, he would have to roll. Chance. He would have to roll a 16 or higher. A you, have to, you, have to beat higher. The, you have to beat the 33. Mm, that's that's insane. And if we I, if we fail, you would take six instead of five. Holy, bonkers. yeah, that's the problem. Then we're even. And a natural 20 doesn't do anything special for us. Uh, or no. do we? Do we just unfortunately take a massive hit and then let? Um, 
Gideon or somebody start. Yeah. With uh, take... a good. Um, That's an option. Good allegory. You try to really just kick it out of the park at the start of the next one. You could do that. Yeah, I like I like that instead. I like that. I agree. Okay. Okay. So you now have so five we, determination. So we will back down and. I guess we have to say something a little. I guess we can't argue against money, yeah. even though we totally can argue against money. <laughs> I didn't realize uh, here in Nirmathas that um, we put money before souls. Back away. No, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You get to start the next exchange. It's long-winded. So, bear with me. <laughs> okay. Um... I won't. I went. <laughs> I think it's so easy to slip into. See, would you not agree that I am just the most persuasive right. of people? I've got to. I've got to find Gideon's voice again. It's gone. I will not falter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I. I will admit. Um. What's his name, by the way? Uh, the cleric. Solomon. Yeah. Solomon, Solomon. Zane. I will admit, salt, salt. <laughs> I am now reducing all of his bonuses by yeah. two. I will admit the significance of money. It is not something to be trifled against, but we are weighing our hearts against souls, and I believe that our holy daughter goes beyond. If I can quote, I've studied many gods, not just the ones I serve, and I remember from the Paladin Code, or Creed, amongst Abadar is that bandits are a plague and that under Abadar's will they come to justice I understand the point of paying debts and debtors but the legion is a plague that must be dealt with we can learn much wisdom and direction from the gods Iomade devotes herself to destroying evil Caden Kaling to freedom and the gods are Rastal, Abadar, Torag, the community. The followers of each have been called towards divine purpose, and even when the common purpose may find themselves called towards a holy task. Evidenced by when Eridan raised Iomade, or when Caden luckily passed the test of the Starstone, or as a Rastal, Abadar, and Torag have watched for ages, so too can mortals achieve greatness. As the Knights of Vigil defend the inner sea against evil, as Rangers of Caden fight for freedom, and as clerics of Arastal, Abadar, and Torag protect and provide for their communities, provide order, Long Shadow has been called to a similar holy task. Just as the gods have called their most devout followers to holy service, you, likewise, have been called. Please. Find your hidden strength and respond to this call. Defend Nirmathas. And it'll open with allegory. Yeah, sounds like flattery to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. Roll your see, see, allegory. This, I, I, I admit, you, I accept your point. That, yeah, I thought that was mockery. <laughs> but, it could have been baiting just as well. And this is something that you can look and you can consider is because you stand to gain a lot if you win with allegory and you have yeah. a personal edge in allegory yeah so yeah, we'll see I'm how we'll see how high you want this to go right off the bat yep um okay, uh, allegory so... does not 
Uh, if you use Algor to open the exchange... Okay, so you don't get any bonus for opening, like, logic. Okay. No, but it's just going to be uh, a 16, which is his highest. Yep. Plus 16, and a potential edge. 1d20 plus 16. 16. I'll roll my personal edge to try okay. to up that. Try to get it's it a re-roll or an advantage? Advantage. It's so. advantage. I'll, I'll take whatever one's higher. Just because this is his, this is my Hail Mary. Yeah, that's your you personal know. edge. I'll take that off your sheet here. Yep. There you 32. go. There you go. There, you go. there we go. Well, they're going to try. <laughs> they are going to try. And if they succeed, we are SOL. Right. I, so, think, I think by that they have to try because they're anti. Can't. I think they're out of right. increasing the current state, the current anti by two. If you, uh, if they don't refute, if they don't like respond, so he would take three damage right off the bat if he yeah. doesn't respond to this. I would like to use my my uh, edge to make them roll disadvantage. <laughs> out of curiosity, have any of you been paying attention to how much damage they've taken? Yeah, nope. I'm confused. Six. Currently, they're at six, or they've taken six damage. Oh, they've taken six. Okay. Sorry, so I, <laughs> I think thought you were. At- I thought you were saying that they had six, and I was like, that's a bold assumption. No, no, no. I think. Bold of you to assume. It's like, no, we knew they started at 10. Yeah, I think they started at 8. I think they're at 2. So they will. They'll attempt to counter it with. uh... Oof. Not a particularly easy one. But possible. It's possible. We'll have Seneca. I'd love to, but <laughs> roll it in chat. Roll it in chat. I will come stand if over you your shoulder. If you want me to, I can. No, yeah, no, no, roll no. it in no. chat. Yeah. No, I don't. No, no, no. no. She doesn't want to. Um, okay, so she is going to attempt a. She's going to attempt a wit. Because wit doesn't take any penalties against that, does it? No. Okay. She's going to try for the plus two. They fail because then I think we definitely win because they take a decrease to their determination. Yeah. Yeah. And if She's you fail by five or more, you take a minus. Yeah. We might yeah. Win. So the if only he... thing is, don't they have like five edges? They have three edges, yeah. Yeah. yeah so... so they got a couple of rerolls in their pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's anything like ours, it's possible that it's not going to help. Actually, well, Jason's die. It'll be a natural 20, but followed by a natural 20, followed Actually, by what a am I talking natural about? 20. Obviously, I'm not going to do that. I just looked at what your DC is. I'm not going to do wit. They can't yes, win with you it. Yes, you are. You <laughs> already called it. You're going with wit. Up the chess piece. No backseas. I'm kidding, of course, but how dare you? <laughs> you oh, can man. just make the rules whatever you they want. They can only do it. There's only emotional appeal. two checks they can attempt. Red herring, I'm assuming. Red herring or emotional appeal. Yeah. I mean, okay, every time I have done Solomon's emotional appeal, it's been amazing. He's right? been he's been really kicking it. And he's the one who's responding right now. I think I'm going to go with him. He's the only one who has any chance. Didn't he get a negative two, too, as well? Yeah, he's got two lower than it was. All right. And All he's right. the cleric of Abadar that Gideon kind of yes. called out. Makes yeah. sense, yeah. So yeah. can you re-summarize exactly what are you calling him out on? What's the... <laughs> So long story short, yes, Abadar, his goal is to maintain order, but he's also to protect people's money. That's what the role of a bank, right? And it's under a legitimate attack. Of course, people will pay back their dues. Also, sometimes we're called to tasks beyond ourselves. 
and this is one such task. Okay. So he will attempt an emotional appeal. This time he's I'm gonna try I'm gonna target he's gonna like target you guys with the emotional appeal. He's gonna say You make some fan points about Abita Abadar. You surely seem to be a fairly learned man in the uh, ways of religion. I think perhaps we can come with some sort of compromise. Maybe instead of spending these wide, vast arrays of, of money on the town and defenses, perhaps we could hire the four of you to go out and maybe destabilize these attacks before they happen. The four of you seem to be fairly invested in this. I don't I don't see why we can't have the four of you hired here, and, and uh, I mean, you would be pro proclaimed heroes if you were able to avert this attack before it happened, and I it seems like you are already predisposed to that sort of tactic. And he will roll. Good response, Chase. Good response. He will spend a personal edge. <laughs> he will spend a general edge. He really wants to win this one. What is the ante currently at? He just made it to? 33. Uh, 33? <laughs> No, 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 the ante, the ante is two. Okay. The, DC is, the, the, DC is, the DC is 33. By responding, he's made it two. Had he conceded, yeah. they would have taken three. Okay, All he'll right. use another general edge. <laughs> he's really oh, got to do no it. No 33s, no 33s. Okay. Ah. He's going to use his final edge. Here it is, baby. Fingers crossed. Come on. Come on. Okay. I mean... Does Sarah want to look at the die, or you want me to just tell oh, you what it just, is? Hold on. Oh, come on. That's not fair. Put your hands up, James. Put your hands in the air where I can see them. Tell me what it is right now. Want me to tell you what it is? Actually, no, no. Sarah's going to read 20. it. Sarah's going to read it to me. She's. I guess she's going to say it when she gets back. Oh, <laughs> You got a that 20, didn't you? Didn't you? Drives me nuts when you do that. Uh, what do you get, Sarah? I can't win this. He got a nat 20? Yeah. Natural yeah. 20. He had five rerolls, or four I did reroll it four times. Yeah, he yeah we burned all the They edges. have no general edges, and his yeah. only personal edge is gone. And to but be he fair... he did make the DC 34. Correct. And we have to admit, that's not unreasonable. I mean, obviously from a cleric of Abadar, that's perfectly reasonable, but even from like their perspective... We've still got to convince them that you don't understand how much of a threat this is. You know, like right. this isn't just hire four local adventurers yeah. and we'll take care of it. This is yeah. takes everyone. Yeah. And the ante is now only two. So even if you concede, you're only taking two and you, right. start, you start the next one. So it's just a shame because that would have been a fun place to win it. Because it, it definitely would have. It definitely would have. And you've basically set yourself up to win because if right. he wins this, they don't have any. Well, they get another edge back, don't they? They will get one edge back, but their only plus 14 will now be in red herring, and that doesn't Technically, we can open with allegory again. You could. Yeah, there's no reason Well, the thing can't. is, is you could do yeah. that again. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. do yeah. have, I do do have like, an actual roleplay allegory thing, but my bonus is so low, so we'd be starting off well, low. We could, that's fine. Um, Just do it. Just do it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah there's, I mean, there's no reason you can't start with allegory again. We could give them an edge, but we're also decreasing their best RP or by two. Yeah, he's he's yeah. been a killer at this, and uh, that would be his second minus two. So everything his highest yeah. stat would be dropped to. Yeah, a I say we just take the two and roll with it. 
Oh, yeah. This is probably going to be the last round by the sounds. Yeah, just, just concede, not even bother with the red herring. So that puts right? us at a th- two? That would put you at, no, two, three. at three determination. And uh, all of his stats would go down to... Oh, man, he's, he's, t- he's got... He's got some in the negatives now. Welcome so, to the party, pal. I mean, I guess the thing is, do we want to start off crazy and see if we can end it, or? Oh yes. yeah, yeah. We I, just... I kind of want to do exactly what we just did. <laughs> I loved that. I thought that was great. And if Sarah's got something pre-written too, I want to see it. I want to see yeah. it. But I don't have a good thing. So if we want so? to, be... who cares? Who cares? Did anybody? That's fine. Just do it. Have fun. Okay. All right. Have yeah. fun. Have yeah. fun, Sarah. Are you having so... fun? Sure. Yes. <laughs> um, this is low stakes. It'll be fine. Um. All right. So yeah, low stakes. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Everything we've done in this AP has crashed yeah. and burned. So the whole you know, town will die if you fail at this. It's but there's okay. No pressure. Okay. There's you no have pressure. a personal edge. The, yeah. The AP no? only gets harder. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So, Karen will step up and he'll look Solomon right in the eye and he'll say. I, too, actually come from a family of Abadar followers. I grew up worshipping Abadar. Um, so you can trust what I say. Um, I I follow my word and I keep my word. Uh, a fellow brother of the vault. My grandfather used to tell me a story, actually. Uh, he had a friend whose name was Aesop, who came up with a lot of these stories. Uh, like one Abel? such story, one one, stu- one such story was uh, there once was a swallow who uh, put up her home in a tree that overlooked a great field, and the other birds in this tree welcomed her. And she sat there, and day after day she watched the field below, and she saw a farmer who was planting seeds in the field. She recognized these seeds as hemp seeds. From her background, she knew how dangerous hemp seeds could be. So she pleaded with the other birds to help her pick up every hemp seed from this field. But the other birds, they didn't want to do the work to pick up the hemp seeds. There were nuts and berries on the tree right next to them. They didn't need to do anything. They didn't even need to leave the tree. So she flew down by herself and picked up these seeds, but... On her own, she could not get all of them, and they took root and they grew. Come harvest time, the farmer harvested the hemp, used it to make rope and nets, with which he captured those birds and killed them. They did not heed the swallow's warning, and thus they died. If you do not heed our warning today, I fear for the fate of Longshadow. We are begging you to listen to us. That sounds so, like a threat, Maya. That sounds like an emotional appeal. <laughs> I think well, they're threatening I use an us. Maybe yeah, allegory. That was an allegory. Yeah, yeah alleg- no, allegory fair. can literally be anything, though. Yeah. Like, because allegory is arguing like layers, so you're obviously going to make appeals to other things because that's why you're bringing up a parable or a hist- like yeah. an anecdote or whatever. Okay. Go ahead and so, roll your allegory. Setting the bar low here and leave a plus four. Seven. Seven. Okay. Okay. Auntie is one. Yep. Go over to them. They're going to try to counter it. So they will increase the ante to two, and they will counter with... That's a low DC. I can have some fun with some of these other ones here. 
Uh, Garrett Greygallow will step up and he'll do a, an argument for presence. Because presence does not take a penalty. No, it does do allegory. Bah, he won't do that. Ends off the chess piece. That sucks. Um, <laughs> then he will simply do... He'll just do a rhetoric. Just a solid rhetoric check. Be like... You gave a fine story. This is not the voice of, of Garrett. I'm sorry. You just slipped into Solomon. Solomon, this happens every time. I gotta stop staying around you. <clears throat> Anyways. Uh, you you give a good story. It's a, uh, a, a good... Uh, I guess you could say a, a good moral to it. But uh, I would hazard a guess that... It only really applies if you assume that the swallow is correct. As Solomon said earlier, he gave a story very similar to yours with the opposite result. So while it is entirely true not heeding the advice of someone could bring ruin, it, it could also bring ruin by heeding the advice of someone. So I, I don't know exactly if, if your story there is truly worth all that much that is his argument for rhetoric basically just saying I feel like that's mockery he's mocking me and my choice of you story you want me to roll mockery i can roll mockery no, no. i'm cool with it. they're the same bonus You're i'm good. cool with it you do what you were gonna do no what did, what i can do, did mockery. do i don't think it's mockery no i don't i was being facetious i mean same bonus i don't care i'm cool with it i was going for rhetoric i'll do rhetoric uh, so he has to roll above a seven. <laughs> okay. Uh. He fail? He did roll a natural one. <laughs> and they don't have any edges left. Oh, boy. That's gonna be the killing That's blow. That's kill them? Really? So, he rolls a five, and they fail. Oh my god. They goodness. take two damage. Three. Because you opened with... Oh, he responded. So he responded. Two. So they take two damage. They're Sorry, not assuming over. I'm right at eight. Ah, it's not yeah. over yet. You might be right in your calculation, but you might be wrong in assuming how much determination they had. They will open the next exchange. So I take a minus two? Yes, you take a minus two on everything. But we for... get a community edge. Okay. You do get a, a overall edge. So we have two community edges now? Uh, yes, that is correct. Okay. So yeah, you take a minus two on all your checks for the rest of the campaign. Just kidding. Uh, they will <laughs> open the next exchange and um, they'll open with uh, they'll open with Seneca will open with logic and she will say this discussion has been going on for quite a while and as I've said many times good points on all sides. But, uh, Mayor, I think we might be coming to the end here, and it might be that you'll simply have to make a decision. Do you trust these uh, gentlemen, or do you trust uh, your advisors? And I'm not trying to sway you either way. It's... I just want to point out that, again, their claims are dire, but we don't have verification. It is their word and the word of the people that they have helped, but again... The people that they have with them were in, indeed attacked. I'm not disputing that, but they could very easily be exaggerating. These things, these shock of attacks and all this, 
you might think that there is a larger force than there really is. I'm simply asking that we think about this calmly and rather than it giving into the uh, doomsaying, you could say. And she'll open with logic. That will open the exchange with a 17. Because it's a plus two for opening with logic. So a 17 DC. Anti is one. Should you choose to counter it, it will be two. So I would like, like to... Yeah. Okay. If you have something, Jessup, you can go else. I'd like to respond with emotional appeal. Up to you guys, though. <laughs> one of you is better than the other. Yeah, I think... I'm talking about Hursk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about Hursk. <laughs> I'm talking about Hursk. You can do it, too. I just, have, I just have something. So, like, if you don't have something, that's fine. But if you do, that's also fine. Breaks out is minus one. Let's do this, boys. I mean, I was going to come up with something, but... I'm I'm flexible. Well, I mean, There's it's... no initiative, so it's it's whoever wants to do it. I mean, if if one of you already has something, you can go for it. That's uh, sure it doesn't matter. It's an emotional appeal, and we're responding. She opened with logic. Yeah, opened with logic. And what was the DC? Uh, what did I say? It was I think I, it was a 17, 17 yes. Yeah, I can, I can I should be able to hit yes. that because I'll have a plus two by responding with emotion. Yeah, it won't be two. it won't be a gimme, but if you're fine with me using an edge, you've got edge. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, up to you guys. Who, who was it that said it? That was Seneca Volstadt, the uh, female half-elf uh, shipping magnate. Okay. Uh, Seneca, I know how hard it can be to put your trust in another. But I know that Jessup has a reputation here, and I can assure you that he has won my trust. I hope you can recognize my devotion and see my motivations as pure. I fight against oppression, and I know those with me fight for freedom. Good people can accomplish great things if their hearts are true and they are willing to fight against oppression. Our hearts are true and we bleed for Nirmathas. Put your faith in us. Okay. Roll your check. You only have to get an 18, and it's a plus two because you're countering logic. So I have a present 11 plus in two. emotional. Plus two, so it will come to 13. Yep. So 1d20 plus 13. 28. Hey. Will do. Will do. So the ante is two, and it's on their side. If they choose to counter, it'll become three. But if they concede, they'll take two. We bleed green, baby! I'll give you a little bit behind the scenes. They cannot afford to concede. They, well, they have could. to go they could for just, it. They could just say, good argument, Gideon. I'll put my faith in you. Okay. I like that. That works. <laughs> that works for me. She will attempt to counter with her highest stat. Uh, actually, no. Garrett will attempt to counter with the highest stat. He hasn't talked yet. He's talked a couple of times. I don't remember him by name. He won the he's first the, exchange. He's oh, the wait. one who doesn't have a southern accent, but keeps yeah. trying to... Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I can't dis disassociate them in my head. They're all just Solomon. <laughs> Samuel, whatever his name is. Um, it's Solomon. He will respond. He'll say, 
Maya, let's just back up a bit here. They're making a claim that there is this massive attack coming. They've given evidence for it. Um, however, I would like to point out that um, a force big enough to threaten Longshadow would hardly go unnoticed. The Hollow Hills are a vast space. Uh, if they want to attack Longshadow, we will see them coming. Miles out. Uh, even if they're behind the hills or whatever, we have people scouting out everywhere we've got. There is no way that a force as big as they are saying could possibly get to Longshadow without us knowing. And we have seen no signs of it. We have heard of just bands of hobgoblins going out attacking the smaller towns, but as I said, this is not anything new. We have not seen a force of thousands coming against us. I, I find it all suspicious. And he will roll. Uh, he's trying a, 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 a red herring here. Eh, he'll go for it. Oh, so it's, it's win or loss. He either succeeds this or it's over. He will roll his personal edge on this, because that first one was a bismal roll. I will be rolling, because I want Jessup to respond. We'll see. Eh. I rolled an 8 on my reroll. He has a plus 12. Hey, we win. So, he says that, and you he, you see the mayor kind of hold up and he says, uh, Thank you. Um, I think we've heard enough. He kind of sets his hands down. The, the advisors kind of dip their heads and stand back, and he says... I think I've come to a decision. I think there has been good points here in general, but I was once uh, an adventurer much like you, and uh, the rumors about me might not be quite as daring and and uh, uh, surprisingly uh, impressive as uh, those of you. I did not slay any dragons. But uh, I did do my fair share of fighting. I know how the world works. And I think in this particular instance, much like in my times in adventuring, one of the most important things was caution. It was far more dangerous to think one was safe and not put up a watch than to put up a watch and even if it felt safe, just be cautious. And I think there's some fine points to be made there. As leader of this town, I think it is more important to be cautious and assume an attack is coming. It is more important to make sure we are safe, even if everything they have said is lies. It is better to assume they are lying and make sure that our people are safe than it is to assume that, as you have said, my good advisors, that we are already safe and have an attack come while we are unprepared. So I, I, I value your I value your advice, but I think in this particular case, there is great weight to what they say, and I think we should heed their warnings. And with that, you have won the verbal duel. So we will see what that gains you next week.